isn't the work of the prosecution and the judges and the police is to seek the truth, is to seek justice, or is it just to seek convictions? The interview you're about to hear might help you understand that. My name is Imran Siddiqui, and this is Fair Play. You're listening to Fair Play on JusticeNews.net. I'm an innocent man in that prison, and I can't never get that time back. Welcome to Fair Play. I'm your host, Imran Siddiqui, on JusticeNews.net. And today we're speaking with Leonard Coleman, who is fighting from inside a prison in St. Clair Correctional Facility in Alabama against what he calls his wrongful conviction in 2010 for the killing of Kimberly Mixon. Leonard has spent 10 years behind bars, and he's in there on a life sentence. Thank you for joining us, Leonard. And I thank you for inviting me so I can get my story out. First, you know, I just want you to relax, take it easy, and I would try to take you back in time. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to try to unload the entire sequence of events that happened on that day. Okay. Uh, we're talking about, it was December 14, right? Right. And that was in 2010. Right. So, take us back into time. Okay. And tell us exactly how your day unfolded that day. Well, that morning I had woke up and I um, ironed my son clothes and I had ironed my daughter clothes for school. I was ironing their clothes. Then finally I got them up and told them um, we finna, they finna get ready to go to school. So as I got them up for school and everything, um, I told my son because the day before his um my uncle had just gave him like ten dollars because he had he was he had made the um uh, he made an A on his report card. Then um I said, "Well, son, I said when you get out of school, I'm going to the store." Then he just whispered to me and say, "No, Dad, we're not gonna go to the store spend this money." Oh no, no food or candy or some daddy. I want you to have it so you can take it and pay the bills, so you won't have to leave me like mommy left us. And I said, son, I would never leave you. I would never leave you. I say, I love you, son. I'm always be in your life because I love you. I say, you're my son. And we hugged each other. And so um, I told him go ahead, put on his school clothes while I get his daughter up. And so I kept calling the um. I kept calling the victim, and I kept calling her, asking her what um, she was doing. Well, I called, I called, and I wouldn't get no answer, and I kept calling, and I wouldn't get no answer, so I put my phone on um, where it'll, um, it'll call itself, it'll keep calling, because they had that option then. And so then I finally um, left and got them ready, because I was trying to get my daughter hair combed, because she usually combed my daughter hair every morning. And so we we drove over there to um see, you know, cause she called my daughter here. Okay. As we were driving over there, um, we was driving down the street. I saw this truck following me. It was the dude that I had got into it with Moses, and um he had ran me from behind. And so when he ran me from behind or whatever, we was on a high speed chase. So I was going through neighborhoods and stuff like that, trying to trying to dodge him or whatever. And so 
someone. I tried to dodge him and everything, trying to get away from him. Um, finally, finally I had lost him and whatever. And so when I finally I had lost him or whatever, because I told my kids, I told my son, and I said, get down. I said, Moses, Moses behind us. Cause my son had got up and started looking like, and I told him, get down, because we in the truck. And he had the truck just like mine, only different. I had a um, GMC 1500 Sahara. He had a black GMC Sahara, about the same year, 94 model. Mm -hmm. And so finally when I lost him or whatever, um, okay. I drove on around and I, and I went to the um, victim house or whatever. And I said, well, everything's safe. Everything is good. And I asked my son, I said, um, I said, go. I said, go knock on the door and see if she there. And he went and knocked on the door because him and the sad thing about it, him and his sister was in the back seat wrestling or whatever because he, he loved to irritate his sister. His name LJ. He's a junior, and he loved to irritate his sister and, and, and tantalize her. And she's like, stop, leave me alone, LJ, you know, and all that. And so I said, and I made, I said, get out. I'm tired of y'all arguing. Get out and go knock on the door. So I made him get out so they can separate. Okay. And so he went and knocked on the door. Nobody came to the door. So my son came back to the truck. He got in the truck. So when I went on around the block, the breath was coming by just in time. And as the breath was coming by, I went ahead and um, let him get on the bus right there. And so when he got on the bus or whatever, I went and sat in the parking lot at the school and um, went ahead and combed my daughter's hair. And the school had took her in early. Actually, like seven, seven forty-five. They took her in early, so I went ahead and signed in for eight. And so then I had left. As soon as I went back there, I went over her house. She was there. So I went in the house and talked to her, or whatever. And I saw her and I talked to her, and she was like, "Um, I said, I said, what are you gonna do?" She, I, she said, "Well, I'm gonna take them to the doctor." I said, "You need me to go?" She said, "No, you need to go and finish doing your house so you can get ready to sell it." I said, "Okay, that's fine." I said, well, um, she said, just come back by 1 o'clock. I should be back way by then. And then you can um take your excuse up to the school. Now, let me let you know, all this is like a block away. She stayed two blocks from me, okay. and the school is one block from The school is not even a block from her. It's a half a block from her. But we all still on that same strip. Yeah. And so, so um, cause, I mean, because you could walk from my house to her house to the school, you know. So that and, means you could hear the gunshot. Um, not really. From from my house to her house, you can't hear it because, um, like I said, it's about four blocks away. But you can still walk it though. You know, it's still walking distance. It ain't nothing. to me. It's like a five minute walk. Okay. So Ashley, I had um went in there and we talked or whatever, and um my son had a little toy gun mm -hmm. that he was playing with, and um he kept shooting it, but he's not strong enough to cock it back because you have to cock it and he'll start crying because he, he was like, he got autism and, he, and he, he's like mentally that um he get his accolade because he get upset because he can't talk and tell you could you cough this so I can shoot it so he can't tell you that so he'll start crying and whining and throwing temper tantrums because we can't understand what he's saying and that's why we had that's why we had got him um, evaluated because we could say, you hungry, and he won't say, yeah, I'm hungry. He'll just say, you hungry. He'll repeat what we're saying to him instead of saying, yes, I'm hungry. Yeah. And he'll just start crying and get frustrated because we don't understand what he's saying. And that's what she wrote up in the report. 
that he gets upset. He gets upset because we don't understand what he's saying. Yeah. And he get the whining and he throw temper tantrums. He get angry, frustrated, and he want to fight. Wow. She told me just take this junk. Get. She said take take this junk with you. And and because I, I and she whooped him. She started whooping him. Come on, you gonna stop crying over this? You ain't gonna have your way. That's tough. Man. I said you you not gonna be crying over this toy gun. And she told me take it with me. I said okay, I'll take it with me. And she gave me a kiss and said, look, uh, just come back later on today and I'll let you know what happened. Go and get your house ready if you gonna sell it. Or whatever, so you get your house ready to sell. I said, okay. So that's what I did. I went home. And so I, I went in the yard and started cutting down bushes and, and moving stuff. And my neighbor had came out like that morning and started talking to me and everything. Like, what you doing? I said, I said I'm trying to uh, cut down bushes. She said, this early in the morning? She said, boy, you crazy. I said, that early. I said, I said, well, you know, it got to get dead, you know. Okay. I'm not, cause see, I'm a, I'm the only man. I was like the only man in my neighborhood. Where's well, another man? It's two men in my neighborhood. But my neighborhood is like a cul-de-sac. It was a brand new subdivision that was built in 2002, and I and I stayed there like seven months before anybody moved in. And so it's it's 13 houses in my subdivision. Uh, two of my men, and and the other uh, 11 houses are another female stay in my neighborhood. So all the females in the neighborhood always want me to do something for them. Could you do this? Could you fix this for me? Could you do that? And I don't charge them nothing. I always help my neighbors out. I always come to their aid. You know, because I'm, I'm one of the only men in the neighborhood. Yeah. And um, the other man in the neighborhood, he's married. So, you know, his wife ain't going to have that. So I always help the neighbors out and do everything. And so um, I'm getting my house ready today. To um, So whenever I call the agents, when I get ready, because he pointed out, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this if you want to sell it. But you got to go do this and that. Whenever you do all this, call me back. So I'm trying to get something to eat. Go ahead and get a move on it. Yeah. And so my neighbor said, well, my neighbor talked to me for a minute. Then she went back in the house. She said, well, I'll talk to you later. And she left or whatever. And then um, I saw her come back in the neighborhood, like maybe like an hour later or whatever. And I was still out there. And so then finally, um... By um, 1 o'clock came, it was time for me to go. So I hopped in my truck and I drove to my um, my neighbor's house, which is up the street, which is my friend. His name is Robert Hudson. He's a police officer. He worked for the police department. And he asked me what I was going to be doing that day. I said, no, nah, what, you need me to babysit again? He said, um, probably so, because um, I got to work a 16-hour shift. I said, I ain't no problem. They can come play with my kids. Because his kids and my kids are best friends. And you'll read that in the transcript because he got on stand to say that. And so his wife, um, niece, which is Brittany, she she asked, she said, what you about to do? I said, I'm finna go um, get Sarah and LJ for school. She said, what, you want me to go with you? I said, yeah, you can come with me. So she hopped in the truck with me. And so as we riding down the street, you can see down the street, you see police just going down that way. So I was like, why are they going that way? So I went up to the next street because there's two streets going to that street, like a horseshoe. So I passed the first street, which was Martha Street, and I went to the second street, which was First Street. I turned down Fourth Street, First Street going to Bowman Court, where it happened at. It was so many police down there, I couldn't even get on the scene hardly. And so I thought maybe something was wrong with my son because my son had, um, my son had, um, you know, he was sick, and we didn't know what was wrong with him. So as I was trying to go to the door, police stopped me. He said, hold up, you can't come in. I said, I said, um, I said, my son stay here and my baby mama. I said, anything wrong? 
he said, um, hold up, wait, just wait. I said, is there anything wrong with my son? And he was like, um, he said, hold up, I'm sending somebody out here to talk to you. He went and got somebody, and this thing I know, they put me in a police car. They said, come here, you got to come with us. And they put me in a police car. So I don't know what's going on. I just know I'm sitting in a police car. Yeah. So as I'm sitting in the police car, I don't even go get to pick my kids up from school because it's another block up the street because I stopped to see what's going on. So now my kid is still at school. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the back of the police car, and then I see people coming up to the, the window, uh, the victim's family, beating on the window to my, you killed my um, cousin. We're going to get you. We're going to get you. Punching the window. And I'm like, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do anything. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what you're talking about. Damn. So next thing I know, they take me to the station. They leave me up in this room for like four hours, and it's real dark. That I can't even see my hand is so dark. So they just leave me in there. And so finally, I see the officer, that um, the homicide detective that my baby mama used to date. Okay. And so as I saw him coming in and everything, it was crazy because um, when he was coming in, we we looked at each other. And he looked at me, he just smiled, laughing, say, um, I'll need to ask you some questions. And so um, as he was asking me questions and everything, it started off like, he said, um, where were you such and such? And I'm, and I'm telling him everything I'm telling you pretty much. And so then he said, well, um, then another detective come in the room name, Quinny. His name is Daspy. And Quinny came in the room. Quinny started saying, well, uh, I want, he said, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to take me some places. We're going to go get in the car, and we're going to go for a ride, and I want you to show me some things like that. Yeah. Then he started asking me, like, um, where's the gun at? I said, where's the gun at? Yeah, I need to know where the gun at, the gun that you killed her with. I said, killed who? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had killed your baby mama. I said, I didn't kill nobody. He said, he said look, he said, be a man. You did this. He said, because your son said you did it. He said, um, free your son's soul. Do this for him. Give him peace. Give him rest. Just be honest about what you did. I said, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, for like five to six hours of being interrogated, I don't think I kept saying, I did not do this. So they started getting upset. Now they're playing good cop and bad cop. So he started saying, like, he started saying that, um... Okay, so this is how you want to go out. You want to go out like this. You want to go out as a monster. Okay, that's how you're going to go out. Because we're going to let these people know you did this. We're going to call the victim and let them know you did this and you're a monster. And you didn't have no remorse. You didn't even kill. People going to be janking your kids at school and stuff. Saying your dad ain't nothing but a monster, a murderer. And he couldn't be man enough to admit to it. That's what's going to happen. That's the end result. Then he started, he said, look, he started showing me his computer. He's the officer started showing me his computer, like everything was going on, how they were talking about everything had happened. But he didn't mention my name. He said, you see this? He said, soon the headline going to be, you did this and you're a monster. When I tell him that you did this, he's showing me his own computer. He said, because you're going down for this, one way or the other. You're going down. So you might as well just you might as well just go ahead and confess to it. And I said, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Wow. And they said, you're a murderer. You ain't got no respect. You ain't got no re- respect for your own son. To do your son like this, to kill kill your baby mama in front of your kid like this, and kill saying that, so they walked out the room. But they showed you on a computer screen a report that was already made. They just, had a, just wanted to put your name in it. They showed me on the screen that it was saying that um a woman was killed in the house 
and a child left in the house by itself. Yeah. That's what they were saying that it was showing. And they and they said they said one thing about it, they're gonna put my name and it's gonna be saying my name. Yeah, I mean th- that's that's the clear evidence how they spread yeah false reports to the media. Yeah. And that's what the media picks up, you know. Yeah, and that's that's what they said they was going. That's what that's what they said they was going to tell the media. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. So so what happened next? They walk out of the room. So they walked out the room. So when they walked out the room, because I know I'm finna go down, they told me I was going down for it. They said we're gonna make sure you go down. We're gonna make sure this stick. So when they said that, and I watched TV before, and when cops said they're gonna make sure it stick, I know it's stick. So my thing was, okay, well, they said I'm going to go to jail for a long time, so I'm a single father. I don't think on my mind, I got to protect my two children. I got to protect these two children right here. You know, so I got to find out, did anybody get them out of school, mm-hmm. where they are? So I started calling. I said, y'all see my children? I started calling around. Anybody see my children? No, we don't know where they at. They at Dear Charles. Man. And I said, I said, I need somebody to go find my children. And I told my uncle, I said, listen, I told him, I said, break a window out. I said, go to my house, break a window out. I said, and um, so you can get in there. I said, get my kids some clothes and stuff. I said, they got a lot of, they got a lot of brand new clothes I bought them. Get them some clothes and stuff. I said, it's a lot of food in the refrigerator. Take all the food and make sure my kids are okay. Take care of my kids. I'll make arrangements for my kids to be taken care of. And um, I said, and if you want to, I said, somebody, I said, y'all can stay in the house. It's fine, cause that's my house. I bought, I had the house built, so it's my house. I said, y'all can stay in the house. How did you contact? The, huh? How did you contact people? Um, I grabbed the phone that was in the interrogation room and just started calling out. And so I'm gonna tell you, but they used that against me, and I'm gonna tell you how they used that against me later on down the line. And so um, I said, um, go ahead, and um, I said, y'all can start staying in the house or whatever. And, and um, that's why I told my family. I said, well, I got. Cause I told him I said, cause I said they, they, I said they trying to frame me. That's what I said. I said they trying to frame me. They trying to make me say I did something that I didn't do, mm. like that. And so um, they came at, back in the room and I hung up the phone to my some. Who, who the hell you calling to my somebody trying to frame you? Who the hell you think you is? And they just start going off on me like they were going to jump on me or something. To my some, we don't know who the hell you think you is. Calling somebody to my somebody trying to frame. Yeah, most of all, this is in the transcript. All what they wanted to put in there. And so um, they took me out the interrogation room, yeah. and then the police laid up on the floor. He he got on his stomach, laid up on the floor, and started taking pictures of me on his stomach. To my, I got to show my wife how I murder her. Look, I said, I said, I said, I know you don't like me because she left you. She left you to be with me because she didn't want you, like that. I said she didn't want you because you're a hoe, you're a married man. You try and you try and talk to her. She wanted something for herself. He told me, I said, what you talking about? We all whores. All men are whores. What you talking about? That's what he said. Then then um. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, we ain't talking about that. We talking about you murdering her. So what we're going to do is, he said, I'm going to hit you a capital murder. Make sure you get the death penalty. He said, I'm going to make sure all this did like that. And then um, I said, you can't do that. He said, I can do what the hell I want. I'm the police. I can do what I want. Then um, he pulled his gun out. He said, he said, I'll shoot you in your face right now. He said, it ain't never won't happen. He said, don't why? He said, I'm the police. And, and he said, you just a young punk. Another bet he said, you just another black statistic. That's all you are. And ain't nobody believe nothing you say. And then the other two white police was in there, and they said, um, he said, y'all saw him try to reach my gun? They said, yeah, we saw him. He said, see that? Just that simple. Just like that. And I was like, man, you know. And so um, the, he, one of the white police snatched my wallet out of my backpack. I said, oh, I got his ID. I got everything about him right here, so secure and all that. And he started writing everything down. And then he took my car keys, too. And, um... They said, that's all right. 
They said, we ain't got nothing on you right now, Rich. It's cool. We're going to let you go. Yeah. And so then the other police came and said, nah, we're going we're gonna to go and let them go. We ain't got nothing on them right now, but we'll get them right there. He said, he said, then he said, it don't matter. He said, the family going to get them because I'm going to call them right now and let them know I'm going to drop them off at home. And he did this. That's what he said. And I said, well, I need my car keys. I need my house keys. And then the police were like, I said, I said, I need my car keys and my house keys. I need the keys to my house so I can get in. They said, we ain't giving you nothing. That's all. They said, the keys to your house and your truck, that's evidence. We keeping that. Find your own way to get in. And so they, they wouldn't let me in my stuff. So, um. Find, find your own way to get in your own house? Yeah. yeah. They dropped me out. The police dropped me off at the door. And he said, he said, good luck. He said, he said, if I were you, I go hide. They'll probably be here in a minute to get you. So they had me locked out of my house, hoping that people come and do something to me, because I couldn't get in my house for detention. This is Fair Play on JusticeNews.net. So, um, I couldn't get in my house. I didn't know if I was going to break out a window or um, call a locksmith. So I think I somehow I call a locksmith. And they come, and it, and if you can look that up, you can pull that report. I can get that report pulled up because I had a um that I had to call locksmith to um get them to come um unlock my house door because I had triple A and um that came with it, and so they came and let me in my own house. Mm. Those people hated you, man. They hated your guts. Yeah, yeah, and I understand because, like I said, he used to date her before I did because they used to work at Dillard's together that's what they was they, they used to work together on his side job police would have a side job and he was making $19 an hour working at Dillard's on the side and she knew how much he made and everything because she told me and um and so he was upset with that so um so the next morning when I got up all my family had came to check on me and see if I was okay next thing I know Hour after my people, there are police everywhere. They swarm in my whole yard. They tell me we got. Where, where were your kids? At the time, my kids. They was at my house. I had got them back. Mm-hmm. They had came back with me, and so um, next thing I know, it's police swarming everywhere. Tell me some. We have a warrant, a search warrant, and they started tearing up my house. It was just tearing my house up. I mean, it was early that morning. It was just tearing my house up, um, taking stuff out in beds, um, clothing. They took about seven guns that I had, because I had collections of guns. They took all that out. Um, they took my computer out. They took my, my, my hard drive out. They took my video camera out. I kept my head with my pictures on there. They took all that out, and it was just taking stuff, you know? Wow, they spent man. like They spent like an hour or two hours in my house just taking stuff, uh, fingerprinting, doing all kind of stuff. And so... Finally, they left, and they left my house tore up and stuff, and where they had gloves and stuff, where they um, put on gloves when they were searching, they threw all that on the ground in my yard, just threw stuff in my yard, gloves all over my yard. Just, yeah, and so um, after they left and everything, you know, my family, they comforted me and told me everything's going to be okay. And so um, then I had um, went and talked to an attorney and everything and told them what was going on. And he told me just go ahead and get him fifteen hundred down and he will um represent me. So I gave him fifteen hundred down and I felt a little relief because I felt like I had somebody on my side now that knew something about the law to help me. And it just gave me a lot of relief. But I was I was really hurt that night before when the police had let me 
let me out and I found out my house. I was so hurt to know that this had happened yeah. and I was being accused of something like this. Yeah. You know, it really hurt it. It hurt it so bad. It's like a double tragedy, man. Yeah. And I, I just felt so sick. Like, I just didn't even want to, I just didn't even want to get up out the bed. I was just so sick. I was just, I was just broken hearted, you know? Yeah. And so, um, then finally, um, after the search warrant was over and everything, um, and I got the turn and everything, and then um, I started trying to pretty much trying to cope with it. But every time I look around, the news media was following me. Every time I look around, it was always something. I was always on the news. And um, then um, it was a custody battle with my son, and so I was trying to get custody of my son. And so now the news, the media, all up in it saying that. The man that killed his um, baby mama is trying to get custody of the child now. And all that was on TV, and it was like very... Who had the child at that time? My baby mother's mother had the child. Okay. Yeah. His grandmother. Yeah. She had came to the probate court, and we was going to the probate court to get custody. So the attorney charged me another 1500 for that. Take that case on. Man. So now I'm out of like 3000 and so he didn't know the same attorney yeah and he didn't know he was doing because he should have told me that he was just trying to get money out of me he never did anything about custody he was not he was not even a, a homicide attorney that did murder he was a drug attorney but he is so money hungry and greedy he just wanted everything he can get out of me how did you meet him it, it was taught saying that um, Jeff Dean was the best attorney in town. Jeff Dean helped people out. He he helped fight for your rights. He get a, he fights for a lot of people innocent and win. But come to find out, that's all in drug cases. That's he's just a he's a drug attorney. But I have no knowledge of that. But that's why that's why I, I have always learned to this day. You need to have facts and evidence, and you have to do your own research. You can't go by what people say, because people be, believe in too many illusions that they don't even check on stuff to see how true, true it is. People just go by what people say instead of looking at facts and evidence of things and doing their own research. Yeah. You know, and nobody researched that this man went out his cases because he's doing dope attorneys. He don't do other cases like murder cases and, and child custody cases. Them ain't what he specializes in. Doctor to do brain surgery or a brain doctor to do a heart surgery or a heart surgery doctor to do to get a foot doctor. Yeah. Them are doctors, true enough. Just because they say they doctors don't mean they can perform a certain type of operation. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So the state didn't provide you an attorney. You hired your own attorney. No, I, I hired him. Paid, he was paid uh, 25000 Mm-hmm. And so, and so, um, but I gave him like fifteen hundred up front, and so, um, when I paid him, I started finding up, I started finding out all kind of things about him. Like, first of all, that um, as he was my attorney, he he wasn't doing nothing really for my case, but you know, I was naive about it because I like, well, he supposed to be a good attorney, regardless of what, as long as he wins, that's all I care about, because I know I'm innocent. And because I'm innocent and he's a good attorney, I can't lose right here. Who was outside working with that attorney on your behalf? Um, nobody. Okay. Nobody. But come to find out, you know, they was working against me because come to find out, the attorney 
uh, paralegal was kin to the um, victim's the victim's family, and and so because of that, it's like uh, a paralegal they they really do all over. That's a conflict of interest. Yes, yeah, conflict of interest. That's right, true. But the sad thing is about it, paralegal is really the person that set up the case. All the attorney do is argue. They go on research and find his argument and do everything for him. The only thing he do is argue the case. They supposed to get everything ready, and she did not do that. She failed to do that because of that. And then when I brought it up to her attention, she said to him, I said, well, uh, I don't feel comfortable with her on my case because she's kin to these people whatever and um her, her son and my um my baby mama daughter which is um 18 they 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 hang out together you know and then so he said something to her and she came back and got in my face to my son i di- how dare you to go tell him what i'm gonna do or whatever i'm, I'm gonna do my job that's what i'm gonna do and I don't need you telling me how to do my job. I said, well, I'm not telling you how to do your job. I'm just concerned this is me. Maybe, you know, that, um... But the question is, uh, did, did she do her job? No. In the end, no. I mean, we got slaughtered in court. She didn't have men prepared. He kept on to my phone, where are my notes? Um, I thought I had some notes, and that's all he was saying. I mean, we wasn't even prepared, you know? What, what what I know today, if I would have went to court and represented myself like I did before, I would have won because he was not prepared. The DA was ready. They knew everything we was going to talk about. They was already on point about everything. It was just like going to war and you surrounded mm-hmm. from every point. From every point. And, um, and so I noticed something when we got out the elevator, um, get ready for trial. I noticed, um, the secretary surrounded by the victim family and they she was saying something to them and so my turn so me and my attorney tried to walk through them and they was blocking away and you know my attorney told her he told her he said would you get your people please so and tell them to let us by and she said y'all let them by and they got out the way wow man so, uh, when they got out the way or whatever, we went on by. And so then I saw the DA. She was sitting there telling the police officer what to say. She telling her, read this. This is what I want you to say. And I'm like, man, she coercing her to say what to say. She's saying, that's what I want you to say the child said. And, and, and read this and look over this. I'm like, wow, she's sitting there coercing her to say this is what the child said. And I'm like, man, it's crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there looking at them, plied up against me, making up stuff. And it's like, wow. And then they got the media making me look bad, making me look like a monster. And I'm like, man, it's all on the news, you know? Mm. um, It was one news reporter. She had saw me. And she said, "Uh," she said, so this your client, Jeff? She said, I want to interview him. And Jeff said, uh... No, I don't think that's good because um I don't want to I don't want to reveal nothing of the case. Then um what? Yeah, he said I don't want to I don't want to reveal nothing about the case, so I'm not gonna let you interview him or nothing. She said um then the lady said she said well he he's very she said he's kind of cute I would love to interview him he's very cute he's very handsome she was giving me compliments and um uh, she just started laughing mm-hmm. and um. Slipped me her card and told me to call her. So, um, 
Jeff advised me not to though. Oh. So then I went home or whatever. I had went home or whatever. Had left out, out the courtroom or whatever. But I'm gonna take you back before that. Mm. Before that, I was at Jeff's office, mm-hmm. and when we was talking at his office, I got a call on my cell phone. My neighbor, the same neighbor, mm-hmm. said, "Hey man, you got police surrounding your house," and that was on, on February the the 23rd. And um, so I saw. So I tried to figure some out. So I went on Facebook real quick, and I looked on um, I looked on the um victim's page. And I see the daughter put on there, thanks God, hallelujah. <laughs> that murderer finna go to jail. They finna go pick him up right now. And I'm like, wow, everybody know that I'm finna go to jail but me. And so Jeff Dean, my attorney started said, hey, he said, listen, he's I'm finna go hide you in my condo. I got a condo in Orange Beach. I'm finna go put you in my condo, and you're gonna go stay there in my condo because I find out what's going on. We're just gonna hide you out there. I said, I'm not hiding nowhere. I said, I'm a man. I said, I didn't do nothing wrong. I didn't kill nobody. So I'm finna, I'm finna face the music. If they want me, they don't even have to come get me. I'm finna go down to the jail and turn myself in. Mm-hmm. Like that. But the, the question. He said, You should it. The question is that mm-hmm. before, they, before they ask you to turn yourself in, or before you go and turn yourself in, mm-hmm. there needs to be some kind of an evidence, right, that proves that you did it. Right. Where is that evidence? Hearsay. They just had a lot of hearsay going on, you know. And so I'm 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 gonna break all that down to you. And so now they telling me they didn't say nothing about turning myself in, and then I just knew if if I got a bunch of police in my yard looking for me, I know I need to go ahead and turn myself in. So that's what I did. I, um. My turn, I said, he said, what you going to do with your children? I said, um, let, let me find somewhere for my children to go. So I, I took my son, because I had my son and my daughter there. And, you know, LJ doing what he doing best. He's sitting there internalizing his sister, pulling her hair and all that. She crying, stop, stop. She's trying to fight him. And he, he laughing and grabbing him. You know how little boys play with their little sisters. Mm-hmm. She she thinking he hurt her, but he ain't. He just, like, making her whine. So I tell him, stop. I said, leave that girl alone. So what I do, I take him on my uncle's house named Randy. Randy Hatcher is my uncle. Mm-hmm. He's like my dad. He raised my mom and he raised me. Cause my mom, mom died. My mom was seven. And so, um, and so, I took my kids to my uncle's house, and he stayed like a block from the. He stayed a block from the courthouse. Mm-hmm. And that's where my lawyer, um, his office is right across the street from the courthouse. All this is in the same area. And so um, I went over there, and I told him what was going on. I said, look, I'm going to go turn myself in. Please take care of my kids. I go the keys to the house. They need food or clothes. I got everything there. And so... And, and while all this is happening, the kids are listening to this conversation? No, I'm not saying in front of them. They don't hear none of this. So as I... um. Get ready to go turn myself in. The attorney went with me. I hopped in. I hopped in his his um avalanche with him, and and left my truck with my uncle. And uh, he 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 let me turn myself in. So I turned myself in. And uh, they killed me my bit. You turn yourself in with your attorney. Yeah. And there's nothing this attorney can do. Um, not until we get a court hearing uh-huh. for them to set me a bond. Okay. So I go ahead and turn myself in. And so that night, I'm sitting in there. Well, that, that, that evening, by 6 o'clock news come on. And the 6 o'clock news said, man, turn himself in and confess to the murder. 
I'm like, what the hell? Oh shit! I'm like, I didn't, I didn't confess to nothing. I just turned myself in. And so, uh, so, so, what do you think is going on here? You think obviously the police is working with the media yes, everything is yes. happening in tandem that's exactly that's what they doing and they already told the media that I was going that I had confessed and everything cause what they did they had came cause on the news that so they had came and got me they, they had came and got me that same evening and tried to get me to, and, and got me and took me to the police station again and um I said I don't want to talk to y'all I said I'm not talking to y'all I have nothing to say to y'all like that and they started getting angry with me and say take his take his punk ass back to jail take him back to the jail like that he don't want to talk take him back to the jail so they took me back to the jail or whatever and then when they took me back to the jail that night the news came on at 10 o'clock and they changed it. It just said, uh, man, man, uh, man accused of killing his baby mama has turned himself in. That's all it said. It don't say that I confess no more. They take that statement out. Because they, because I wouldn't talk to him. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but when they came to you, didn't you say that I didn't do it? Yeah, that was the, that was the first time. But see, they tried to talk to me again when I had a turning. They was trying to get me to my, some, um... To confess to somebody and do, and so I wasn't gonna do that. I kept telling them. I said, um, "My mom told me don't never confess to nothing else. Don't never confess to nothing else that I know I didn't do, just to make y'all happy, just so everybody can be happy. I'm not doing that no more." Mm-hmm. And they got upset. So, but at least they they had that on record from you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we got that on record. You you said to so, you said to the media I didn't do it. Yeah. But but I kept. I, I, they, they didn't report it. No, they didn't. They only reported what they want them to report. And everything I tell you is backed up with facts and evidence. Anything that I tell you, I can back it up with facts, evidence, paperwork. Yeah. Anything they tell you, they cannot back it up with no facts, no evidence, or no paperwork. Only thing they can back it up with is hearsay. Some of, the, some of the media reports did mention that you insisted on your innocence in court. Yeah. But see, even with that, if you go back to that, that was um that was that was when I was found guilty, and that's what that was when um you get to say one thing before you um the judge opposed the sentence on you, mm-hmm. and I kept telling him that I didn't do it, and I and I prayed to go ahead and find the person that did it, so I can go home to my children. And I was actually crying because I was really heartbroken. But the media put it out like that, that that everybody in court saw me crying. But the media put it out and said I wasn't remorseful and and, and, and uh, nothing about it or nothing. I'm like, wow, who's printing this stuff? Who's Ray Charles saw that, you know? So, but tell me something. So, How was your relationship with Kimberly? Tell me about that. Our, we had We had a relationship. We had like pretty much like an open relationship, you know what I'm saying, because um, pretty much um, we met or whatever, and we was we was friends first before we was anything, and um, we was mainly together, you know, because um, it's like, I was young, I was like, um, when I met her, I was like, how old I was, I was, um, when I met her, I was like, 24 when I met her because this was in 2000 and no I think it was 2004 I met her 2004 and it was before the hurricane I had met her and um so I was 23 when I met her she was 30 
she was 30 at the time. Mm-hmm. I was uh, 23 because she was, she was seven years older than me. And so um, when we had met, we had met at a um, Blockbuster. At a Blockbuster. Blockbuster was going out of business, starting to go out of business at the time. And so um, I was in there just trying to buy up a bunch of movies and a bunch of games and stuff so my son can play video games, him and his sister. And uh, so I was up there, you know, you know, I like the, I like deals. I like bargain shopping. I like to try to get deals. When and I always catch stores when they shutting down or uh, they trying to get rid of stuff so they put new inventory up. I buy summer clothes and I buy summer clothes in the winter and winter clothes in the summer to get them cheap. And so before you met Kimberly, you you already had these two kids. Yes, I did. Yeah, and where was their mom? Um. Sarah's mom was um, on drugs and stuff. That's how I got custody of her. I got custody of her when she was like nine months. And um, because of that, um, you know, her and her boyfriend, you know, and her grandma told me you need to get your daughter because he's trying to sit the dog. He's sticking his dog on your daughter and stuff and everything. And he's trying to fool with your daughter. I think he's been tempering with your daughter because every time I try to change her pamper, she said, please don't hurt the baby. Don't hurt the baby. So that means somebody, somebody's messing with her. So, um, DHR got involved in it. And then when DHR got involved in it or whatever, um, DHR told her either she was going to leave him or they was going to take her. And she, she said, well, she wasn't going to leave him. Then you can just give her to her, her daddy. And so I get a call from DHR. And DHR tell me, you know, come pick up my child. So I go pick up my daughter. When I get up there to pick Sarah up, Sarah got on a dirty shirt, real dirty. She's filthy. She's dirty. She got candy stuck on the shirt. She got a pamper that's so wet, it's dragging the ground. It got so much uh, urine in it to it just soak and wet. So, so I had to, I had to do right then, go buy some more pampers and, um, get her some new clothes and um that's that's cool man you're doing a good you're being a good dad but but how were you surviving what was your work oh i sold i sold cars i um bought cars from the police option and i sold cars and stuff and um i worked and i worked shutdowns Mm -hmm. and when i worked shutdowns you know i probably get paid like on a shutdown 25 dollars an hour and and we work um seven 12 hour shifts where in overtime i made 37 50 an hour to the point that when I do that for like three to six months, I don't pretty much work nothing but three to six months a year mm. doing that, you know, back to back because I have a money enough money saved up where I can go buy cars because cars only cost $25 at the auction. They start off at $25, and if nobody bet against you, you can get a car for $25. I don't care if it's a 2020 Escalade. If nobody bet against you, you can get that new Escalade for $25. Wow. They just want to get rid of that, get rid of it. And so, actually, I had, I tell you a true story. I bought a um, police cruiser for um, $225 because the girl, the girl that bet it, she only had $200. And I said two twenty five, and she couldn't bet no more, and so I, I wanted to bet, and I and I got the car, and it was it had a it had a good motor in and everything, and, and so what I do, I buy cars like that, I get them serviced. Cool. If something wrong with it, I put a new part on it, and then, then that part have maybe like a lifetime warranty, could be brand new, and I give somebody a lifetime warranty on it. So people always buy cars for me because I'm fair. If something wrong, I tell them. And if something wrong, I try to fix it. So I had a lot of people buying cars from me. So I did good. I did real good. 
This is Fair Play on JusticeNews.net. So you got your kids from your former wife, and that's when you... Um, no, actually, um, actually, Sarah mom, Sarah mom, um, she wasn't my wife. My son mom was my wife. Okay. And, um, yeah. And um, when it didn't work out between, between me and her, because we... Your son and your daughter are from two different women, right? Right, right, okay. right, right. Okay, got it. And, 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 and my son and mom to dad, that's a different woman, too. Your son, uh, Xavion, right? Yeah, Xavion. His mother, the one passed away. Yeah, Kimberly. Yeah. And the, and the son that you have, your, your son and daughter that you have, your son's mom was on drugs, right? Right. Um, that's Stephanie. 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 Stephanie was um, Sarah Lee mom. Yeah, that was on drugs. My daughter named Sarah Lee. What about your son's mom? My son's mom. That was my wife. Her name was Andrea. We was married. Okay. But, yeah, we was going through a um, divorce. Okay. Yeah. So... And so, because I had, I had caught her in the movies with somebody, so we was going through a divorce. Oh, okay. How did your relationship start with Kimberly? And it started after we had met up in the um blockbuster the um the blockbuster, yeah. and after we met there, um she gave me her number. She said, "Hey, how you doing?" And she started talking to me. She told me I was handsome and cute and everything, and she'd like to get to know me. And I said, "I said okay, I said I'd like to get to know you too." So we started talking on the phone, and then we um she noticed something about me. She noticed that I got an old soul that I like listen to um I like listen to um music. And old music and stuff. And so uh, as we would listen to um, old music and stuff, like I would listen to stuff like uh, Luther Vandross or Isaac Brothers and Teddy Pentagraph. And she liked the type of music I would listen to. And so she said, you got a whole soul. I said, yeah. Um, I was raised by a lady that was born in 1925, which was my great aunt or whatever. And so um, as um, we bonded, with the music and everything. Mm -hmm. And so now we started seeing each other. So mm -hmm. I started coming over and I started seeing her. And, you know, she liked me mm -hmm. because I think we, I had started coming over there like two weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, not one time I mentioned anything about having sex with her. Not one time I tried to come on to her, nothing. And she found that to be attracting that I wouldn't like, she said I wouldn't like other men. Yeah, you were like and a gentleman. So, um, yeah. What year was that? And that there was like that was um the same year. That was like in two thousand and um that's like two thousand and four. So and so no. So so in two thousand four mm -hmm. you met her. When when did you yeah. when did you guys move in? Um probably like in two thousand and um I'm gonna say two thousand and the end of two thousand and five. What happened next? Ever since then, you know, we just started hanging out and going to the parks together with the children and everything. Mm. And I told her when I saw her again, she said, um, she said, what you think about being in a relationship? I said, well, really, I don't want to be in a relationship because um, I said, I'm, I'm going through a lot, you know what I'm saying? Because I've been in too many relationships that um, I keep getting hurt from, you know? Mm. I said, because I keep meeting women that are married and not, not telling me that they are married. And then I found out that they married, but they got a husband at home and they want to tell me what to do and what I can't do. Try to control me and they, and they got a husband at home. And I said, I just don't been through so much. 
from my past, I felt like it was just something I wasn't doing right because I was getting in these relationships and I wasn't getting to know people and I was just jumping in them because I didn't want to, because I was, um, I don't know if I was vulnerable. I don't know what I was, but I just know they, they just wasn't working out because I wasn't really, I wasn't compatible with the people that I was with. Mm. And then because I wasn't compatible with them, it's like I wasn't looking at that. The only thing I care about, you know, with look, high school kids be in that honeymoon stage and mm. just a fact knowing that you got a girlfriend or you talking to somebody, you just happy that the, the, you get the, um, the butterflies from all that and you really don't get to know that person. Mm. So therefore, you got to find out if they compatible with you. Uh, and, it, and, you know, when you don't find that out, in the end, that's why the divorce rate is very high because people get in that puppy love stage and don't see if they're compatible with each other. Do we have the same family value? Yeah. You know, you got to check out that. Can we stay together? You know, what what do you like and what do I don't like? You know, that, that'd be the main thing that you have to check because a lot of men, a lot of men act like they love you just to get sex and a lot of women... I have sex with men just so they so they can get love. So when you got a man trying to get love just to get sex, and you got a female just trying to trying to get sex just to get love, it don't never work out because both of y'all looking for the wrong thing. Yeah. And and, and so that's not love. That is called lust. Exactly. And because and because and it could be vice versa. It could be the woman looking for that. Mm. You know. So I'm not gonna just throw it on a man like that. Mm. But because of that, you know. That's why I was in the situation that I was in, you know, kept getting all these relationships and then, you know, a lot of women just um, liked me and, and, and either wanted a baby by me or something like that, you know. Mm. And so after getting in these relationships like that, I told Kim that, you know, you know, we can be friends or whatever, you know, and, and we was we was friends, we was good friends and, and uh, I don't ever initiate it, she always initiated, you know. Yeah, so so basically you knew her for, for about five years before she died. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. yeah because when she died, she was yeah. 36. Yeah, that's right. That's true. The five years that um, we was together, you know, because I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, and um, it's sometimes that we call ourselves as a couple or whatever, and we was together. But it was like, it was like an open relationship because she had a dude that she always talked to, she told me name. His name was Waddell, and he stayed in a place called Irvin, Irvin, Alabama, which is um by Elmo. He stayed in Elmo. That's what it was. And um, she said that was her sugar daddy. She said he gave her money and all kind of stuff. I said, oh, okay. And she said, she said, oh, you ain't mad? I said, no, I'm not mad. I said, I mean, I said, I said, I can't control you. I said, you're not a robot. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't tell nobody what to do. You're not a robot. I said, you make your own choices. Now, I can give you my opinion if I feel like, well, I don't think you should do that, whatever. But I don't control nobody because I don't want nobody controlling me. So, and so um, uh, this gentleman is not from the same town where you guys are, right? It, it's near. It's near because it's, it's like... It, it's, it's, it's still a part of Mobile because it's an outskirts of Mobile. It's in the country part because if you do anything up to where he's from, you still go to jail in Mobile. So she was still, uh, in 2010, she was still seeing that guy? Um, yeah, she still was. She was still seeing that guy. And, you know, she'll, 
Yeah, she was still she was still seeing him, and she talked to other people on. She was on a dating site, and she used to um, me being on dating sites or whatever, and um, they used to um, send her money and stuff and all that, and she used to get money out of them, and she told me that she 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 go on them sites to meet men, and um, you know. She sent them pictures and stuff, and they, and they send her money, you know. And then, uh, like I said, I don't never try to tell no female what to do or nothing because I like to see where you at, and I want you to be comfortable with what you do because I don't want you to do it behind my back. So if I want you to, if I tell you I don't like or whatever, I know you're going to do it behind my back. So I'd rather for you to do it in my face or behind my back. And that's the same thing with my kids mm. today. I be a friend to my kids, but I be a father too. But I don't make it where my kids won't come to me about something. Because if you make it where a child won't come to you, they'll start doing things behind your back, smoking, doing drugs, having sex. They'll do it all behind your back because you got them scared to tell you. So I be a father friend to my kids where they can come to me and tell me things. Yeah. I don't want to push them away where they have to sneak and do stuff behind my back. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way in my relationships. I don't want people to feel like they have to do nothing behind my back. Because they, they don't want to hurt my feelings. So, uh, how did Xavion uh, come into the picture? Well, well, um, when she got pregnant by him, she got pregnant by him in um, 05. And um, when she got pregnant by Xavion, um, or whatever, we, we wasn't together or whatever. Um, so I wasn't there for his birthday or anything because I didn't even know that um, she had had him or whatever because we weren't together or anything. And if I would have knew, I would have been there. But she didn't tell me because I guess we weren't together or whatever. And I don't know if she went back. I think she started calling herself, um, I think, talking back to the police officer again. And so um, when all that was going on, finally, you know what I'm saying, um, I started dating somebody else or whatever, and then finally, um, we got back up, and I met, we got back up because I saw, I met her, her her cousin, and her cousin told me, well, you know, um, you know, um, she had a baby. I said she did. I said why she didn't say nothing to tell me. He said I don't know, man, but um, I'm letting you know. You can call or whatever. I said um, okay, well I'm gonna go by and see. Her mother never liked it me. Never liked me because her mama wanted her to be with this man named um Dre that she had met in the um Air Force. Well, he was in the yeah he was in the he was in the army, and she liked him. And um so um when I had came and saw everything or whatever, and um we we started bonding more now because of him. You know what I'm saying? We it's like it's something about a child that it'll kind of bring you close. You know. If it already ain't a bad relationship, it'll bring you more closer. So it kind of brought us close because, you know, she knew I was a good father. And um, I took care of him. I bought him everything he needed or whatever. And um, so what she did was um, she put me on a birth certificate. So when she put me on a birth certificate or whatever, then I said her mom started saying, well, I don't want him to come over here. I don't like him. And so... She said, well, that's fine. I just move in with him. So I told her, I said, okay, well, you can move in. It's fine. You know, if that let, let me be able to see him. So she moved in with me, and she started staying with me and everything. So as she started staying with me, I had, um, I was helping her get her own house and everything. And we was in the process of doing that. And I said, um, I said, look, I said, I'm going to help you get your own place. 
I said, where you want to stay at? She said, well, uh, I said, you want to stay out there in Westmobile? Where your mama at? Or you want to stay here? You want to stay on Dolphin Island? Because I stayed on Dolphin Island Parkway. That's about Dolphin Island, which is by the Gulf of Mexico. We're surrounded by water. It's the island. And so I said, oh, you want to stay on the island? She said, well, I want to stay up here. I want to stay up here because she said, um, my mama always trying to control me and tell me what to do. And I'd rather stay um, up here by you because my mama don't respect me. And she said, ever since um, my mama, uncle, brother Chris had raped me yeah. when I was when I was little. I was like um, eight years old, and um, he was he was he was uh, he she used to take me over to my grandma house every day. And he used to rape me every day that she take me over there, yeah. and he used to take me in the he used to take me in the bathroom. And he'll lock the top latch on the door. It's way at the top. You know, back in the days, they had, like, a little lock at the top. And she said, I was too small to reach it. And he used to take me in there and um, rape me every day. And um, so one day I told I told my mama what he did to me. And my mama slapped me in my face and told me, don't never say that about her brother. Shit. And stop lying on her brother. And so she said, I just went up into this shell. Now she telling me this. This this is like um this is like the um the night before it happened. She's sitting here telling me this the night before all this happened. She telling me that um. So this was December thirteenth. The fourteenth, December fourteenth. On December fourteenth. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now she don't. She she told me she she told me the story when um she told me other stories when um she was living with me. But she told me this story here. She told, she gave me, you know, she, you know how people go in details about something. She started actually going into details. Now, when she was living with me, she was just, you know, beating around, you know, just saying, well, yeah, um, I don't trust them. Listen, um, um, my uncle's coming over and you got to watch him because he, I don't want him to do your daughter what he did to me. It was just stuff like that, you know. Sure. But, yeah, when she was living. But when I helped her get our own house up the street, that night before the murder, she started going into detail. She started saying, she started telling me all kind of stuff. She said, you know, um, she said, yeah, and um, my uncle used to always um, rape me and everything. And when I told my mom, she slapped me and told me don't be lying on her brother like that. And so I went up into a shell. I just stopped talking. So she tried to buy me a cat so so I can talk or whatever, but I still, I just wasn't talking that much. You know, damn, and and I said, wow. Then she said, so then when I went, she said, oh, then when I went to stay in um Atlanta with my um my auntie, which is my mom's sister, went up there to stay. Um, and um her husband used to come in the room at night and um put his hand down my pants and fill on me. Shit, man, what the fuck? I like, I like, wow. You know, she telling me all this. And I said, she said, yeah. And um, she was just, she was just, um, we was just, we was just talking about everything. I said, oh wow. And she said, well, I mean, huh? the, what, you know, what kind of, what kind of mental torture do men put the women in? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just feel like that. Um, you know, I mean, her mom could have. She was a devastated soul, man. Yeah, she was. She was. And she told me that um, she told me that um, I was always and 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 that's what she liked about me because I never, I never forced it on her and I never um, 
try to force her to do anything, and that's what she liked about me because no man ever did that. Yeah. She always felt like she was entitled. And 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 she said that's what. And and, yeah. and you know, I'd like to remind our our listeners here that this is not an attempt to hurt someone or discredit someone who's passed away who's not here to defend herself. Right. This is to bring the truth about who. Right. Uh, did that to her, whatever that happened. Right. And, right. and that is not possible without going into the details about everything. Right. So you guys lived together for how long before you split? One year with her mom, mm-hmm. two, um, three with me, and one one up in her own house. Because um, in 2009, she moved into her own house in 2009. Okay, then when 2010 came, she had a choice to sign another lease or to leave. And so she could have got another house because she was on Section 8. She could have got another house up in Westmobile, but she didn't want to do that. She wanted to stay around me, so she went ahead and signed another lease in November to stay there. And all that is on record that she signed another lease. And then... um. In December of 2010, she went and got a Sam's card with me and her name on it, so we can go grocery shopping, whatever. And that's uh, that's another that's another um, indication showing that you know you are in good relationship with her. Yeah, yeah. But everybody else saying she didn't want to be with me, she didn't want to have anything to do with me. But that wasn't true because I got I got facts and evidence showing that. Yeah, I mean, the night before she died, she told you one of the biggest secrets of her life. Yeah. And then she also told me that um, the man that's supposed to be her baby daddy, um, that she just found out. This is so crazy. She just had found out um, the dude named Vincent that she was messing around with was her baby daddy. And, um, that's Xavier's daddy? Uh, uh, no, not Xavier's daddy, but her daughter, okay. Kearney. And, uh, and uh, he didn't want to take he didn't want to take a blood test. So when he went to jail, she said, well, he got to take it now. They go, and they're going to get his blood test now. He got upset because he didn't want to take the blood test and get put on child support from what she told me. So now um, she said, yeah, um, now I'm going to put her on child support because now I know who my daughter's father was. Because she didn't know who her baby daddy was. She didn't know if it was um, Vincent or she didn't know if it was a dude named Trevor. But the dude named Trevor was light-skinned with um, green eyes. Vincent was dark, and her daughter was dark. And so she said, when she did the test for Vincent, she found out that um, that was her, her daughter's dad. So she called Trevor and let him know that um, you ain't the dad. So she found, she said, oh man, Vincent's my baby daddy. That's crazy, because my cousin was sleeping with him too, and, and that's my cousin. Um, I know that um, my cousin's daughter and my daughter's sisters now, because they look just alike. And she was, she was, she was sleeping with him too. Damn. And she said, "What the fuck, man? Everyone's sleeping with each other." I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that was her past, you know, before I even met her. You know, that's that's when she was in. That, that was her high school days, you know. I didn't know her. Like I said, it's a big age difference. Mm. You know, she's thirty, and I'm I'm twenty. Yeah. I'm twenty three. Finna be twenty four, and she's finna be thirty one. How did you know that Xavion is your son? Um. Well, it's like this. It's like um, when I take care of a child, regardless if they are whether whether they is or not. If I take care of a child, they mine. They don't got to be biological mine or whatever, yeah. but they mine. That's how I look at it. If I take care of a child, they mine. I understand that, but uh, yeah. But uh, do you have any evidence that this is your child? 
I mean, I didn't do no blood test or nothing. I just felt, you know, that he was lying. So, did she tell you? Well, she 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 told me she said he was lying. You know, she said it. But you know, yeah. You, even though you weren't with her for a long period of time. Right. So you know, I didn't do no background check. I didn't check nothing. You know, because my thing is, and you know, people may think I'm wrong for saying this, but my thing is. Um, because how I was treated as a child, how, you know, I wasn't sexually abused, but I was abused when I was a child, you know, mm. and, um, how I used to get beat on and stuff when I was a child or whatever. I felt like that I owe it to every child that I, co I come in contact with mm. to make sure they don't go through what I went through, to make sure they get a good life. Oh, man. Welcome to the club, man. I was beat up a lot, too. So I know what you mean. Yeah. And that's what I did because I was abused just because you're not my dad. I'm abuse you, mm. and then I'm a, I'm a mentally abuse you and I'm a physically abuse you because you're not mine. So by going through that, I just felt like that if I each child I can save or each child I can come across and I can love, I was gonna do that. Mm. And so a relationship gave me that opportunity to do that to show that child, hey, you, I can show you that a stepdad is a good dad. Just because you're not mine by blood, you ain't gonna even know the difference. You don't think I'm really your dad. I'm gonna treat you, and that's just how I was. That's why right now, my kids out there, they all love me because they know one thing that I was that good dad. I show unconditional love. I was the type of dad that, when a child was born or whatever, when they get like one or two months old, if I put them down, they'll scream. If they mama pick them up, they'll scream. If they come out my arms, they'll scream. They they want me. They sense me. They can smell me. Cause even when they was in the womb, even when they was in the womb, I would talk to them. I would say my I would say the ABCs. I would read to them while they still in the stomach. I would talk to them. That's cool. Have conversations with them, and that's what I did. So they knew me. But Leonard, tell me something. Did you kill Kimberly Mixon? No, I didn't do that. I would, I, I would never do nothing like that. Never. Who do you think did it? Well, from from what I think, I know Moses Butler did it. That's who I feel like did it because he had, he he wanted so bad because he had already threatened me. He had threatened her, and I know for a fact that he, I feel like that he did it because all the threats that he had made, all the attempts that he had made. So. uh what was his beef with you? Well, the, the beef with me and him was one night I was going to I was going to the um, gas station to get some gas in my car because I was um, going to um, get some Pampers and stuff because um, I was going to get some Pampers because my baby mother was coming over to get everything I had for her and I was going to get some you know make sure, when I buy for one child I buy for them all. So I was getting ready to buy for all the children. And so um, I was going ahead in the Walmart, but I was trying to get gas in my truck. And so he saw me, and he knew how to reel me in. So what he did was um, when I put, you know how stores lock, they lock down like after 12 o'clock, mm. and you have to go to the booth. Mm. And, and so um, they went to the booth or whatever. I had to go to the booth and put my money in there, and they spin it around and take it out. So I went to the pump, and I'm sitting there waiting. And um, the gas pump never come on. So I go back and I um, asked the lady, I said, why you ain't turn on the pump? I'm trying to get some gas. She said, um, some dude said he your friend. He he got your money. He gone. There you go, the car right there. And he was pulling off. So I went behind him. So um, 
as I went behind him, I followed him up to the next gas station. And when I followed him up to the next gas station or whatever, he got out the car or whatever. He was going into that gas station. And I said, hey, man. I said, give me my money back, man. That woman told me you took my money. I need my money back. I need gas for my car. I want my money. And he was like, um, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I know what I'm talking about because she just told me you got my money. And he said, man, I don't got nothing. So it was um, it was like a white dude in the front, and it was like a, a white female, and they was telling him, he he's he's mixed, and they was telling him. They said, man, just give him his money back. Just give him his money. He already know you guys money. Just give him his money. Let's go. We ain't got time for this. We ain't got time for this junk. We ain't got time for your junk. You always doing this stupid stuff. Leave people alone. Give the man his money back. And um, cause he always on some grimy, slight, shiesty type of stuff. That's what he did. He liked to rob people, and he liked people to give him a reason so he can shoot them or whatever. But um, so. So they said they pulled off and left him. They said they said, look, we ain't got time. They pulled off and left him. So he got mad. He punched me in my face. He said, see what you did, and he punched me in my face. So when he he was hitting me, and I was trying to get myself together. So I pulled his shirt over his face. When I pulled his shirt over his face, I twisted it because I um I worked on the military base called Keith Air Force Base, and uh, I did A-call security. So I had hand-to-hand combat training. So um you know. I pulled his shirt off his face, twisted, and I started hitting him in the face or whatever. And um, finally, I dropped him, and he hit the ground, and um, I hit him while he was on ground. So finally, I got, and this lady had saw us fighting, and she started screaming. And she went over there to the gas station. She she left it. She pulled out of the gas station and went over across the street, which was a grocery store called Food World. And she sat over there and called the police from there. So I jumped in my car and tried to get ready to leave, and he jumped. He jumped in the car with me. He jumped. He jumped in my lap, like. Yeah. And um, when he jumped in my lap, my seat was kind of reclined back a little bit. So now he got his knee in my stomach, and he's just hammering. He welling on me, just hitting me in my face. So I reached. I reached in my glove compartment and opened it up and grabbed my gun. And I grabbed my gun like that. And he. And somehow he took my gun from me. He rifled my gun, took it out of my hand, and he started. And he started um, trying to shoot me with my own gun. He's he's squeezing the trigger, trying to kill me with my own gun. But what he didn't know, it was on safety. And it wasn't cocked. And I couldn't cock it because, like I said, he was he had his knee in my stomach, and my, my left arm couldn't get around there. Mm. And I only had one arm free, which was the right arm, which was going to the passenger side in the glove compartment. So, um... So then, um, he still he still shooting the gun. He got it to my heart, just squeezing the trigger, just snapping, but nothing coming out, no bullets in it. And and I and I said to him while he was trying to do, it, I said, "Ain't no bullets in it like that." And so I kind of leaned up and hit him with an elbow and knocked him out the car. And so I grabbed the gun when he pulled out the car. I grabbed the gun and I pulled the shirt back over his face again, twisted, and started hitting him with the gun, hitting him with the gun. Like that, mm-hmm. so so he'll get away from me, mm-hmm. and so um he had dropped his knife and everything because he had a like a knife on him, he dropped it or whatever, and um so when he did that or whatever, um he tried to um he picked it up like that, he picked up the knife and I had the gun or whatever, and then he pointed at me like that and started walking backwards and he just took off running, so I let him go. 
and I got in my car. What the? F- yeah. Did you know this guy? Yeah, I knew him. That's that's the sad thing about it. I knew him. How did you know him? Well, I I knew him like um from like five years earlier. I knew him because um we used to um hang out with the same friends, and I used to come visit them friends or whatever. This girl named um Kiki, I used to always go see. He used to always come over there, and you know he used to like Kiki, but Kiki liked it me or whatever. And um she used to always tell him like, well. You know what I'm saying? I like him. He got money. He got it. He got it. He got his shit together. He got money. He uh he take care of his kids. She's telling that. That's what I like. A man take care of kids. Not a man out there robbing people and selling drugs. Yeah. I don't want nobody like that. I want a man that that works for a living and take care of his kids. So and then every time he saw me, I was like up in a different car because I sold cars, but he didn't know that. He thought I was just riding different cars because I had a lot of money. So um he was telling um. He was telling his friends and stuff that he was gonna rob me and um take everything I got. So that was that was what both have been what he both have been doing or whatever. But it went the other way. It didn't go the way he wanted. And so um like I said after he took off running with the knife or whatever, the money was on the ground. And so how much money was that? Actually, it was crazy. It it was my twenty. That's twenty bucks. No, it was more than twenty. It was like um. It was like um, it was like a thousand dollars for the gas money. Yeah, it was it, no, it was like a thousand and twenty. It was it was my. No, it was, but, but, why, but why would you put a thousand dollars for the gas at the counter? No, 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 no. I'm saying it was my twenty dollars in it. It was my twenty, and it was like um, ten one hundred dollar bills. That was your wallet. He took your wallet. No, no. When he put, when I put my twenty dollars up in the um, the um thing to pay for my gas, yeah, he came and told the lady that he didn't want the gas. Give me the money back. My friend don't want the gas. We're going to another gas station. Yeah. So what he did was he put my money with his money. Oh, so he already had a couple of t- hundred dollars. He already had. Oh, he already oh. had money. Okay. So the what I'm telling you, this wasn't about no money. This this was about something else. Yeah. So this was about. He was. He was jumping on he was he yeah he was trying to he was trying to get my attention to the to, to get me to follow him he was trying to get me to follow him to um where he was trying to lead me sit take me into a trap but the people in the car with him yeah wasn't with that they said why are you trying to bring us into something that we ain't got nothing you know we don't do that yeah and so it didn't go the way he wanted to go okay and so when i got ready to leave the police had surrounded me or whatever and um, I told him what happened, and it was blood all in my car. I saw blood everywhere. I still got the car today. I got the car preserved at my mama's house just in case they have to do DNA test on the car. It still got all his blood in there and everything, all in the ceiling everywhere. I still kept it just for that reason. And that's been um what? That's been uh, 11 years ago, and I still got the car. It's just put up. It don't run or nothing, but it's put up just in case. And so um. Cause I knew this may come back up, and so um then the police they investigated what was going on. They went from that gas station back to that gas station trying to investigate what happened, what who telling the truth and what went on. And so everybody was everybody was telling the the two gas stations was agreeing with me. They started lining up with mine. Oh yeah, that dude had took his money. Yeah, I saw him come here. The other gas station said, oh yeah, I saw the man come here, ask for his money. Then the dude attacked the man for no reason. The man said, yeah, he attacked that man for no reason. I saw that. It was a Jamaican trying to tell him what, what, what was going on. 
And so um, they said, well, from the looks of it, um, we're just looking at the dude. You know, he's beat up pretty badly. They said, I know, but he attacked that man, though. That's what they would tell him. They said, well, um, so they went looking for him. I said, they said, where did he go? I said, he ran that way. I said, if you go now, you can catch him, but he ran that way. So they sent two patrol cars to go find him. Then they found him. So um, they um brought him back and put him on a, a gurney. They said, you're going to have to go to the hospital because um, you need stitches. And so um, they got rid of um, checking his wounds and everything, and all of a sudden, I know a police cruiser came, and they let him. They, they, you know how they got the yellow tape roped off? Yeah. Okay, so the yellow tape roped off and everything, and so they let this Crown Vic through there. I already know because that Crown Vic, that's my car. I bought that from the police officer, but they not knowing that. They thinking this is actually a detective coming to the scene, but it's actually um my two baby mamas up in they they together. And um, so they step out the car. Come on, what's going on? Um, Kim and um, my baby mom named Antonise. Antonise, like, man, what's going on? What's going on? They're both trying to find out what's going on. And um, they see him bleeding. They see blood all over me. They said, what happened? What happened? And I said, I said, man, dude try to um, steal my money, whatever, and, and, and um, jump on me and take what else, else I had. And um, we got into a fight, and I had to defend myself. And then he started... Come on, some yeah, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Don't think it's over yet. I didn't want to get you anyway. He said, Damn, sure enough, gonna get you now. You're gonna get it. Then my baby mom got mad because he kept sending all them threats. She said, Hey, oh, you don't need to be trying to get nobody. He already just whipped your ass one time. You you should you shouldn't even want no more of them. My baby dad already whipped your ass. He said, That's all right. I'm gonna get him and I'm gonna get your ass too. I'm gonna get both of you. I'm gonna show y'all. Y'all don't know who I am. Y'all don't know who y'all messing with. And just start screaming at as they put them in the ambulance, and they they start shitting the door. They shit the door to the ambulance and took them on. You're listening to Fair Play on JusticeNews.net. So this Moses guy, the threat that Moses made against you and Kimberly, what is the difference of the time between that day and the day she died? Let me see, because I, I think that happened like around March. And I think she died like, and she died like in December. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. He waited nine months to do this. Who him? Yeah. Yeah, because and, and see and, and and see, he was going. He tried to do it before then, but um, my neighbors had stopped him because um, he was hanging out with my neighbor, and, and see, I didn't know that he had he had bought a black truck or whatever. And I, I never seen the truck before. But see, I didn't even know until the neighbor had told me. He like, man, the man um was pointing a gun at you while you was playing outside with your children and your old lady. And um and I told him, I said, oh, man, no, don't do that, man. Not in my neighborhood. Don't do that. Not with me. Respect me. Yeah, and, you, and you didn't know that? No, I didn't know until the neighbor told and me. And the neighbor, when did the neighbor tell you? He, yeah, he had told me later on. Yeah, he had told me. And then when he told me that, I was like, wow, all right, man. Oh, but why don't you report it to the cops? I mean, because like I, cause they said you can't do a, you couldn't do a double on, you can't do a double on what they call, because see what it was. They said the police had signed the, um, one on me for um, beating him up. 
and they said because they look at it that he got that I got the best in him, he got to get seventy four staples in his head because of me. They said, but um, they're not gonna press charge if he don't press charge. But it's already the paperwork is already did where he can just go ahead and press charge because they don't wrong it up because they look at the fact that even though he did what he did, look what I did to him. So they said, but we're not going to lock you up. It's up to him if he want to try to pursue the charges. But because he did that, you can't do no cross charges on nobody. Like if somebody um going to do that to you, you can't come back and do that to them. They don't let you do that. Yeah, I understand that. But the problem is that this guy is pointing a gun at you and your family. Yeah. While you don't know. I mean, you got to report that, right? Well, actually, um, I talked to my friend that, um, there was a, a police officer that I told you about that I used to babysit his kids or whatever. Yeah. And I, and I asked him about it and, and what what should I do or whatever. And you know what I'm saying? And um, that's when he was telling me that, um, well, you know, because this been ch- charged on you or whatever. But he said, man, he said, um, just um, watch yourself, protect yourself, you know, because keep your guns on you because, you know, I got guns registered in my name. So, yeah, but you have, me, you know what I'm saying? But you have a witness that you spoke to about this. There is a witness there. Right. Right. And what about the, yep. and the biggest witness is the home, your neighbor. Right. Is, exactly. is that the same, is that the same neighbor who saw you that morning outside? Clean, clearing? Uh-uh. That's another neighbor. No, no, this, this is another neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, this here, this here was another neighbor. So, so why didn't this neighbor come forward as a witness? Um, he did. If you if you look in the paperwork, like I said, everything I say is documented and it's facts and evidence. Mm-hmm. But if you look if you look in the paperwork, it it is show that he's telling the whole story and it's documented. So why why didn't the jury look at that that there was a guy already threatening you since nine months? You beat him up. He was all obviously pissed off at you, and he wanted to take his revenge. Why didn't the jury look at that? Ashley. You know, like I said, when the neighbor told me whatever, whatever, I really didn't, I really didn't take it serious where I felt like that, um, that I can defend my own self because I felt like that, you know, with the training I had or whatever, if he did try to come at me, you know, I, I just felt like that I can defend myself because when I tried to go to the police, they, um, they, they don't want you to sign cross warrants because they think you're trying to do that because that's what they feel like people do. Like, you sign a warrant on me, I'm going to go sign one back on you. And then, and so they don't let you do that. So I feel like, well, I'm I'm not worried about it because um I have guns and I feel like I'm going to protect myself. All my stuff is registered in my name and um I can keep it on me. That police officer who interrogated you and he said that you did it, did he know about Moses? Yeah, it's in the transcript. All that's in the transcript. I mentioned that. Was Moses brought in as a witness? No, because they, cause they told me um, they don't believe that. They they think I did it. So they said they know they get. They said they know they got the guy. Where where was the location? What was the location of Moses on that day and during that time? Um, he stayed like maybe eight blocks away. Eight eight blocks away. So he was in that area. Yeah. That's, yeah, so I mean, he, that's, that's his so area, should, too, which which I didn't know it at the time, but that's his area, too. Okay, so, I mean, he should be questioned about his whereabouts at that time. Well, they said they already had who they wanted. That's what they told me. They said they didn't, the man, the uh, the detective the, the said that in court. They said, did you search for anybody else or try to look for anybody? He said, no. Mm-hmm. They said, why not? Because we felt like we had the guy. We didn't have to. 
how do they know they have the guy? Because uh, Zavion said so. Yeah, they said because of that. That's how they know they got the guy. They said they didn't have to do no more investigating. Who interviewed Zavion? Um, the one that used to date my baby mama, Charles Basby, him. So where is the testimony of Zavion? Um, they have it, but the crazy thing about it, if you when you read the transcripts, it says the judge and um the people listen to it say, well, that ain't what he's saying on the tape. They said he's not saying that um daddy shot mama. He's saying the mommy and daddy got shot. He said that's she said that's why I hear on there daddy and mama got shot. Then he said daddy's gone, mommy's gone. He's saying I got shot too, and even and, and it, with him saying that I got shot, and I ain't never been shot in my life. Yeah. So he's really paired back what they saying, and then on the whole thing, everything they asking, he's saying yeah. They say so what happened? They say your daddy shot your mama. Yeah. Where he shot at? Yeah. Where he was driving in? Yeah. Was he was in the truck? Yeah. In the truck? Yeah. Was the truck red? Yeah. Um. Is he gone? Yeah. Did you go to school today? Yeah. He's just saying yeah to everything. He didn't even go to school that day. He just he's just agreeing to stuff that don't even don't that don't even take a yeah. But he's still saying yeah. Some stuff it don't even take you don't say yeah to that. Like um That was recorded stuff? So. Yeah, it's it's in the transcript. And he just saying yeah to everything. They just coaching him and he just saying yeah. And this here is this is proof and evidence. Yeah. This is on the transcript. Anybody can see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, for me, it's uh, it's really painful to just imagine what Xavion as a kid must have witnessed. Right. Because you and I can't even begin to imagine that this kid was there when his mother was shot. Right. And, but see, uh, but this the crazy thing, this the twist. Was he was there? Do we know he saw anything? Because you got people testifying saying when they got there, he was not crying. He was not nothing. He was in the room the whole time playing a video game. So they was like, well, he was too calm, and he was just playing a video game because they so got saying, there. So you're saying that somebody shot her, and he didn't even know. I'm thinking that because uh, even, even, even the lawyer and even um, the psychologist was saying he was too calm. He was he was playing a video game. He he wasn't he didn't show no kind of concerns like he was upset. Only from when the phone call was when um they had um the the, the perpetrator Moses said say daddy did it or whatever when he told him to say that. Say daddy killed mommy And he said it And then Amy she testified That somebody took the phone And hung it up Then Then he called his sister And said mommy dead She gone Then the sister said Somebody snatched the phone And hung it up So two people saying That somebody took the phone And hung it up And then Then they said He don't Then they testified Say well Do he know how to dial numbers No he don't know how to dial numbers So somebody If somebody calling Other people And he's saying this It had to be somebody Dialing numbers Because he can't even Count to three Much less dial A ten digit phone number Mm. It's not way he can do that So, so, So what you're saying Is that The person who did it Stayed back And dialed these numbers And made your son say That daddy did it Yes and, and who who did he dial? Um, he dialed he 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 dialed his sister phone number, and um, the grandma said that um she called, and she talked to him. 
or whatever. Somebody, yes, but the, but the grandma said that she called, not not that yeah. somebody called her. Well, yeah, it, it 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 says that um it says in the trans well she said that um she called him, but then it come back and then the daughter said that um he called her. So um if you look at that in the transcript, it's saying both of that. He it's saying that he called the grandma. The grandma said she called him. So I don't know the 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 correct story, but wow. I don't know which one to go with because I can point both of that out to you in that that the daughter saying that he called his grandma, that on um, the grandma saying that um that well he called me that well I called him first and and I I just I could never I could never lay that because in the transcripts are saying this and I can point it out to you where the page at and everything. So um. This case is all over the place, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, wow, but one thing I know for a fact that the daughter never changed her statement. She said that he called her. And he, but the only thing he said was, Mommy gone. She's dead. She gone. That's it. He don't say Daddy did or nothing. Then she said, got quiet when he said that. And somebody snatched the phone from her and hung it up. Ooh. So Ooh. whoever doing this, calling and doing this, I couldn't never put my mind on it. And then, because they saying this in court, well, who could have did it? Well, we don't know, because he don't know how to dial numbers. This is what she's saying. He don't know how to do that. So that's... But let, so, let's so, just so, think... Go ahead. You go ahead. Sir. Just think for a moment. Let's just say, okay, if I was in there or whatever, let's just say for a moment. I, why would I go call these people? And tell him to tell them that I did it. Why would you trap yourself? Right. Why would I trap myself? This, this sounds like a somebody putting a trap for you. Right. So check this out, though. Now let's look at this, though. Now, if I want to, if I want to get somebody to go down for something, I would do that. Somebody would do that. They would call and say, "Yeah, he did that. Such and such did to say that," and, and the child would say that. Yeah. And then when he say that, then that's what they're gonna go off for whatever lead they got. Yeah. And then when they can't find another lead, they're gonna use that, and, and they want the case to be over. With. They want closure, so you are gonna be the person to go down. They're looking for conviction. They're not looking for the truth. Right, right. And so then it took ten long years later, ten long years later, that I've been sitting up in prison for a crime I didn't do, praying to God that somebody come forward, praying to God that. Um, that it be some leeway in the case. The same thing I said at the trial. I said I just prayed that y'all find out who did this, so I can go back to my life and and go home to my children. Because I was snatched. I was a single father. I had bought my own house, and I was taking care of my children. I had a good life. I was selling cars. My kids didn't write for nothing. My kids didn't even know what Christmas was. Christmas is just another day for them because my, my babies were spoiled. I love my babies. I gave them a life that I never had. And I'm going to throw all that away. And then, and if you look at me, I'm very handsome from what everybody say. So I can have any female I want, and I got any female I wanted. So there's no way that I would throw my whole life away for for no reason. That 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 ain't that ain't my mo. And anybody tell you that I ever dated, or anybody ever tell you that I got a child, but I tell you that's not his mo. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to be with him, he don't care. He's not gonna worry about it. He's gonna move on, quick. Did you and Kimberly have have a fight recently? Um, no, we didn't. We we hadn't had no fight recently. We didn't have have no fight. Because the the thing is that the way she was shot. 
that looks pretty brutal. Yeah. That looks like somebody is pretty angry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And see, and that goes back to um what was said at the scene of that crime. So much anger wanted to get me, and I wasn't there. From that morning where uh, he followed me, and I wasn't there. You know, I, w- I, w- I wish I wish that um I was at the right place at the right time, and I actually wish that it was me instead of her because I feel like that I wouldn't want nothing to happen to her because I know how a child needs mom, and I would have been okay. I don't think this was an intent to kill you or hurt you. This was an intent to torture you. Yeah. Yeah. For the for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I have to live with it. Yeah, and then you know, so, and then and then somebody can stand on top of your head and say and say, "See, I got you. Screw you." Yeah. And it's so funny because you don't even know nothing about the case, and that's exactly what happened. Because I found out in two thousand. And um, 20, which was just last year, uh, October the 26th, that um, people came forward and said exactly what you were saying. All this was to, to get me back. I was supposed to live and live with the hurt and pain. Hmm. So, so what, what happened to Moses? Um. Well, what Moses did was um, he confessed to his god brother and his best friend. That he said, yeah, um, he said, yeah, I took care of him. He said, um, well, he told his best friend I took care of him. We ain't got to worry about him no more. I got him up out of here. And he's telling him that. And he was telling William that, you know what I'm saying? He said, man, he said, I had, um, I, I, um, he told him that, um, he set me up. He said, I set him up. I, um, when I killed his baby mama, he said, I made the child say that, um, daddy did it. And I called numbers and put them on the phone and say, Daddy did it so I can lead to him. Mm-hmm. And he said, he admitted to coercion. But then he started feeling bad about it as time went on. You know, after he told him that, he felt bad about it because he was saying that, um, that when he did that or whatever and coerced him to say that or whatever, he felt bad. He, he started feeling bad about it because he started getting on drugs. And then another person that he had posted had killed that somebody was saying that he had killed another man um, three years later. And um, he took himself out. You know, he told them, he told his his god brother that, you know what I'm saying, how he felt bad about what he had did or whatever. And then he killed himself. Like two or three days later, he killed himself behind it. How did he kill himself? He hung himself. Yeah, so these these are all evidences pointing towards guilt. Yeah. Because, you know, killing someone and living with that, it's a pretty heavy thing to bear with. Yeah. These witnesses uh, that were brought in your case that came forward, now the courts are saying that this is hearsay. Right. But, but, but hearsay is what they convicted you on. That's what they convicted me on, hearsay. Exactly. And now when these witnesses are coming forward, they don't want to retry the case? Exactly. Correct. So tell me something. Um, on the day Kimberly was shot and killed, in the morning you were going out to drop your kids and, and you and you had a truck following you. You think that truck belonged to Moses? Yeah. I do. 
But but you didn't see him. I didn't know the truck was that belonged to him then, but I knew it later on. And um, and, and we can get that. It was confirmed. Yeah. It was confirmed later. Yeah, so these witnesses can't be ignored because there's so much of evidence pointing towards Moses that, you know, these witnesses are, are key because the guy rammed you from behind. Right. Somebody was after you on that day. Yeah. And then you tried to run away. Yeah, I was, I was trying to get away from him and go through different roads and stuff. But why did you do that? Why didn't you call 911 or pull over? Like I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm the type because where I stay at, I don't really, I don't really put the police in my business or whatever because um, I don't try to call them or put them in the business like that because when you consider as a snitch in a black community or whatever, yeah, nobody like you. You know what I'm saying? They don't. They call you snitches, and you know they then then when rappers and stuff start coming out with this thing called snitches get stitches, and uh, people will hurt you if they find out that you putting the police yeah. or calling the police or whatever, and and it's dangerous. You know, I mean, I only know black communities, black communities that you know, you know that do that. But you know, some people feel like you know they're not. When I see a lot of white communities or other communities, they look at it as they just doing their job. They being they just doing their security work. And um, I'm a law by by a citizen. But it's like with my race, that ain't how it go. If you call the police and put them in your business, it's like you you um now you got every now I got bigger problems. Now I got all the drug dealers and I got everybody want to hurt me now because right. they feel like. Yeah. That you're a threat. Yeah. Yeah, but the question is that, that somebody's trying to hurt you from the behind, man. Yeah. Even then, you're not going to ask for it. Because, you see, the reason why I say that, because that adds uh, also to the evidence that this guy... Yeah. You know, if there was one 911 call, it, it would just lock the case, you know? Yeah. But I also understand what you mean. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. About the whole snitch idea. But the yeah. thing is that... Um, so, so you think that guy, you lost him. But if you lost him, why would he try to find you in in that house when he knows where you live? He knows where you live. He could just go there and get you. Why would he go there to Kimberly's house? You know what? That's a good question because I think he could have saw me turned that way and went over there or anything. You know? No. One uh, point that could be raised here is that. He went there because, you see, if he wanted to take you out, he would have taken you out at that neighbor's house. Yeah. Or he would have taken you out at your own house. Right. Or he would have taken you out right there when you were driving and he was trying to hit right. you from the back. Uh, right. As you think, allegedly, that he was trying to take you, hit you from the back. Right. But but to go to Kimberly's house and do that is, to, is to hurt. She uh, wanted me to feel the pain. Yeah, I just, uh, I feel like not, not, not just pain, a pain, a pain that you never forget, that kind of yeah. thing. Oh, that, I, you lose, I, that you lose someone and you go to jail for killing that person. And you know what? I, I have to live with that every day. Even if I was, even if I, if I would have never came to prison or whatever, I still have to live with that every day because knowing that it's my fault, regardless of what, because it started with me at a, at the gas station. And and just to know that I have to live with that every day, even if I never came to prison, I still have to live with that every day. 
Mm-hmm. I still have to live with that. No, so what you're saying is that if you would have just let that those twenty bucks go, yeah, none of this would have happened. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm not gonna say that. I'm just if if I would have just never knew him, I think it would probably never happen. If he would have just never knew me. No, never knew you. That means that when you met him a couple of years ago, there was still some animosity between the two of you. Right. So so that was a start of that seed. Yeah, it 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 kept feeding. Yeah. Yeah, that that Moses started to feel that hatred for you. Right. And then he was living in the same area, so he would see you dressed up nice, driving nice yeah. cars, and so right. filled that hatred, getting all the girls. Right. And then and then, I think the icing on the cake was when you beat him up that day when, during the fight when he tried. Yeah, to that that just really him. just it just really made him really want to do. And, and get him some help, you know, get back up on what he wanted to do. Mm. Now that he ain't got to be by himself doing it, maybe he can get some backup and get people behind him. How would that be? Um, like the the, the games that he was in or whatever. If, if he can get mm. them involved, because now because I did that to him, now now he can say that that um. I, I beat him up and he got stitches. He got 74 staples in his head from the incident. Oh, 74. 74 staples, yeah. Yeah, he, he's not going to let you go. Yeah. Yeah, so. but the thing is that, uh, so so what you're saying is trying to get help with the gangs. That means that also get help from the police to be on their side? No, no. He was trying to get help with his other buddies that, um... To do what? They, um... They call it. They call themselves jet boys. You know, jet boys are somebody that they they rob people. They jet people for what they got. Okay. So, so did they try to rob you again? Um. After that. After that little incident. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't give them the chance to. Yeah. So, I don't. What I'm not understanding is that, you know, after that incident at the gas station. Why would he need help of the gangs to do what to you? He wanted he he wanted he wanted to ambush me and he wanted to but it's like the people that um he was trying to um get to help him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, to to try to get they kinda knew me as a, a person in the neighborhood that get all the children in the neighborhood yeah. and um take take them to the park, take them to get ice cream, do that and yeah. they they saw, gonna rob this guy. Yeah, and and they saw I was doing a good thing in the neighborhood. So because of that he couldn't get their full approval on doing that. So when he couldn't do that he got frustrated and tried to do it himself. And then when you ain't smart enough to do stuff like that it, it go on. Mm. So, so you think that Moses was the guy who went inside that house on uh, December 14, 2010, and shot Kimberly yes. in the face? Yes. She was shot in the face, on the eyes, right? Yeah, yes. That's correct. Yeah, it seems like a, a pretty aggressive shot. It seems like somebody enters and just shoots, and then because I think it hit her eye, one of the eye. Yeah. So this is like a pretty fast shooting. Yeah. And pretty fast turning because she kind of turned as it was shot, I, I guess. Well, they said she was laying on the bed and, and the foot's hanging off the bed. Like she laying down, like she was sitting on the bed and somebody shot and she laid back or something. That's what they okay. were saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. God only knows what happened. Yeah. Um, and if Moses is gone, then uh, according to you, the alleged killer is gone. Right. And the only thing we have is him speaking from the grave, from what he told people. Yeah. And the thing is that that is critical because when you have an eyewitness testimony or you have somebody's somebody's testimony, you got you have to back it up with some kind of an evidence, right? For example. Right. For example, if these two witnesses have come forward and they're saying that Moses said that to them, and then you match what Moses has been trying to do to you, and there is evidence of that through your neighbor and through other people, then that testimony bears uh, credence. It bears, it carries weight. Yeah. Because because that testimony is no no longer hearsay now. It has it is being matched with available evidence. Oh. Whereas whereas in your conviction, the testimony or hearsay that was used is ridiculous. It's based on a four-year-old boy's testimony who had issues. Right. That was echolytus. And that is the only testimony they have. So, I so correct me if I'm wrong. Does that mean that there were people hating you on two sides of the aisle? Yeah. One from within your community and one within the within the police, probably because. Yeah. According to you, one of the agents who were investigating this was Kimberly's former boyfriend. Right. And she actually left him for you. Right. Yeah. So. And then you got you got you 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 got a um attorney that's um second his um paralegal is kin to the um victim family. You have an attorney whose paralegal came to what? I have a my attorney um paralegal was kin to the victim's family. Yeah, and the victim's family has no idea about the truth. Right. Yeah, some cop has a beef with you. He sees an opportunity. Right. Even if they know about Moses, they won't touch it because they want to. Right. And the, and the sad thing about it, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this, I want to play devil advocate for one second. Let me be the DA for one second. Why should we let him go? Even if we got evidence right now and we got it on camera showing that Moses went over there and did that, and we got this on camera, we see it, we still not going to let him go because, first of all, it's closer. Everybody happy. It's over with. I got moved up in office, um, and we, we we can't stand a lawsuit right now. So I mean, he he's just another statistic anyway. So it doesn't matter. He can, he can get out on parole, but we're not going to go back through all this, putting people through all this all over again. When 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 the when the when the, when the alleged person that did it is dead. So we're just going to let everything stay like it is. And if he if he tried to get back in court, then we're going to fight this. We don't want to know the truth because we know the truth. Well, and you just said something. Uh, and, and 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 this something don't happen. This this something just happened. If you go look, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey and all them, this dude named Woods, he had um was executed when somebody came up and confessed to the mercy. Nah. The man said, I really did the murder, and he told them where everything was, yeah. the murder weapon was, what he had and everything, and and they knew this, and they still executed the man. They killed him, and he said, I'm telling you, I'm the one who did this. Oh, yeah. And they, and they still killed him in Alabama. Yeah. They still executed the man. Oh, yeah. They kill innocent people all the time. Mm -hmm. And they know.
Yeah, and uh, you know what the judge told me when I was going to court on my other case. What? The judge told me. Uh, I said, Judge, you know I'm an innocent man. He said, He said we send innocent people to prison every day, and laughed about it. Mm. So, yeah. So they told they told me right there that you know, if um lack of knowledge destroys my people, that's why I, I learned law and I started fighting my own case, and that's how I won because I knew that. If I was going to free myself, it would be me. It wouldn't be no lawyer, because the lawyers, they broke him all pieces, and they'll send you out quick. So tell me something. I mean, how has the last 10 years been for you? Oh, man, this is, it's been like it's been like a roller coaster. You know, every day, you know, I have to look at my kids grow up in a picture. I got, I got to watch my children graduate in a picture, you know. It, it, it's just the it's the worst thing, you know. Having to um trying to still trying to raise your kids from in prison, still trying to help them do their homework from in prison. You know, I have to I have to do stuff like this in prison because I'm a father first. So I help my kids with their homework from in here. So what about uh, the people in your community who would vouch for you being a good father? Weren't they present at your sentence as witnesses? Um, actually, no, because um, my my attorney didn't subpoena people like he posted. Wow. He didn't even subpoena people to come to trial like they both had came to trial. He didn't even subpoena um the people who um investigated him. I mean, they talked to him. The new. How many witnesses did he bring? Huh? How many witnesses did he bring at your trial, your attorney? Um. Actually, um, just the witness that was um that was that would watch me in the yard, her, and um probably like my uncle, my ex father in law, and uh, my daughter. My daughter testified. And she was like she was eight years old, and she testified. And, and where are your kids now? Your daughter and your son. Um, uh, my son he's grown now. He's um 19. He work at Home Depot and he work at a restaurant. So he's on his own. Nah, he um he um stay with grandma. Okay. And so and um my daughter, she's in foster care. Damn man, that must yeah. be tough for you, man. Yeah, this, it is. This, this is this is something that you never wanted for your kid. Nah, this is something I never wanted. And then you know, and then like you said. How has it been in the past 10 years? It's been like a roller coaster because it's like um, when my daughter went to foster care, I had to um, I had to try to get along with this um, foster mom to see my daughter, and then she get jealous because my daughter want to talk to me, and she get jealous because my daughter my daughter cried like I want my daddy, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so she told me that um, I couldn't I couldn't talk to my daughter no more because every time my daughter talked to me, you know, um, she she have to go through all that, and and I just don't want you to. I feel it's not. You just shouldn't talk to her anymore. Wow. So I stopped talking to my daughter all the way up until just this year. I started talking to my daughter again since 2013 to right now. Just this year, my daughter finally got in contact with me. I've been talking to her because she's older now. She's 14. And, and, and she made a way that I want to talk to my dad, and now we've been talking, you know, and we've been trying to catch up. That's beautiful, man. That's good to know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, and there's no way that she could join your your wife right now. There's no way that she can join them. Oh, um, well, um, wow. You know, that's that's something that we hadn't really, really, um, discussed or talked about yet or tried to do because I feel like now with everything just coming at me at one time with, you know, blow that these people came forward on this case, you know, it's just mind-blowing that I didn't know what was going on. These people came forward. To tell the truth about what really happened, and everything just kind of got yeah, everything just started coming at the same time to the point that now I feel like that I got a good opportunity to get out of prison and I can do it myself, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I mean, what I can say to you is that you know we can't even begin to imagine what you've gone through. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty tough. <sighs> yeah, and I, I mean, since I've been locked up, I don't lost so many family members just been dying on me. You know, just just dying left and right. You know, then sometimes you don't know that they died. You've been in prison two years and uh, four years, and you call and say, "Oh, how sick is Oh, they died three years ago, and and people don't even hear from you. Don't hear from them, and you find out somebody died three or four years ago. You know, it'd it be situations like that. One of the reports said that Kimberly's death was discovered when Xavion answered his mother's cell phone and talked with his grandmother, Linda Mixon. Right. And and she said that she heard that mommy's dead. She died. Blood was on her. LJ did it. Yeah. What does that mean? That to me, that's that's called um, that sounds like Echolachus because one thing I know, he can't make a full sentence like that by himself. So when somebody do that right there, that's that's called he, he he's tearing back when somebody see it. He's been taught to say this because these are like fed words, like somebody would yeah. feed someone. You know? Yeah, they, 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 those were fed words because I'm going to tell you, then when he got on the phone, then the next phone calls were, were about like a minute and 53 seconds later or something like that. I think I think that's when it was. No, it was right after that, right after the hang up, called that number, yeah, about 30 seconds later and said, said this story here. She's gone. She did. She gone. Didn't say nothing about no LJ or nobody, which is LJ is my son. You know what I'm saying? But um, it didn't say none of that. No, but uh, does does Xavier call you LJ? No, he don't call me that. That's that's the thing. The point. He don't call me that. But see, then because they knew he didn't call me that, they changed it and say he said Daddy did it. Now, at which point, hold on, he's saying LJ did it. Now he's saying Daddy did it. You can go through the whole transcript. They keep changing it up. Yeah. The DA keep changing the story. I mean, didn't your attorney jump in and say, I mean, can't you figure out what did he say? Did he say LJ or Daddy? Because right yeah. now, in the media reports, it's LJ. Yeah. But then they saying he's saying Daddy did it. Yeah. And, you know, you have to understand these media reports, you know, they base a lot of their reporting on what the DA's office do. Mm-hmm. And whether the police actually sends out through their computer systems, and probably this media report was when the initial reports came out where the name was LJ, and then they forgot to uh, update it. Uh, just like what you mentioned, you, you you said something really amazing. I don't even think you know. You said DA, D 
DA is district attorney, but you said the devil's advocate. Yeah. Which is also a DA. Yeah. So, so you meant it, right? That's right, because that's what they do. They play devil advocate. Yeah. And um, they can know the truth. But see, one thing about the DA, they don't search for the truth. They only search for the uh, conviction. Yeah. They, You know what I'm saying? They, do, they don't care who go down for it as long as they can move up and be a, a governor or move up to be attorney general. That's all they want to do. Get as many convictions as they can get. That's their job. They don't, they don't, they, 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 they looking at the emotions of everything, but not the truth of everything. You know what I'm saying? When, when at the, even in the relationship, when you acting on your emotions, you can't think clearly. You have to rise above that to see the truth and stuff and know stuff for what it is. When you get emotional, you can't think clearly and make right decisions because you be in your emotions. And, and whatever your emotions is, they're just like even on the job. You get in your emotions about something, that person that they put over you was um, highly qualified and he knew how to do the job better. But because you in your emotions, which you really don't know how to do that job well you just feel like i've been here five years he only been here three why should he move up before me but he's more qualified but when you get in your emotions you don't think like that mm. you don't think that you can assist him one day and get where he at you don't think like that you just looking at the point why i've been here longer i don't care if he got a degree in it i ain't got a degree but still i've been here longer because people act in their emotions about things instead of um thinking things out clearly yeah and that's just like in this case here, people in their emotions about because it look bad because a child, this is what they're looking at, a child in the house over his mom and daddy, she's dead, he's been in the house all day. That's all people looking at, the emotion part of it. Yeah. But they're not looking at what really happened. What could have happened in this day? But people don't look at that because they're still stuck in the emotion part. Yeah, and also on the reporting part because here the district attorney Ashley Rich told the judge that Coleman had been previously arrested on charges of stabbing a man and shooting another man in Clark County. So this is the char this is what happened with Moses and you, right? No, no, no. Now see that there that that's no. that that there when I was um a juvenile, what it was, um oh. two dudes um try okay. to jump me. Yeah, two dudes try to jump me. I was I was like um I think I was like fourteen years old. I was young and um a dude had um try to um they try to jump on me and they had bats and stuff, so I chased the dude and um the other dude had tripped me up he had tripped me up clipped me up and I fell on top of the other dude and and that's how he got stabbed but then the dude didn't press charges on me or nothing like that as a matter of fact you know what I'm saying he came and told him he didn't want to put charges on me because he said I know it was an accident I know he didn't do that on purpose but you paid the medical bills for $1,000 mm -mm, I didn't pay nothing he paid it himself because oh, because, um, it, because it says that an assault uh, a grand jury ruled there wasn't enough evidence to bring an assault charge and stabbing according to Rich an assault no. charge stemming from the shooting was dropped after Coleman agreed to pay $4,000 in medical okay. bills for the victim now, now that's a different thing there. Now that's what you talking about the medical bills. That was on um, a shooting happened. That's when somebody tried to rob me. Dude tried to rob me or whatever. And um, I had um shot him like up in the um, I shot him like up in the foot. I shot him in the foot. And then it 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 wasn't it wasn't uh even a a, a, a real gun. It was like a, a air rifle pellet gun. 
So, so what you're saying is that the DA was bringing all these old cases which are resolved and just dumping them over there to confuse the jury. Yeah, yeah. And then, and guess what? Them cases that I was never convicted because the dude that um I shot with the pelican in the foot or whatever, he um. He did not bring charges up against me, and the D, the DA in that case wouldn't even let him bring charges because he had like so many cases of robbing people. So they told me I did them a favor. That's what they said. They said you did us a favor. Maybe he'll stop doing that junk. What he doing? You did us a favor. We're not gonna press charges against you, sir. You can go home. You're a law-abiding by a citizen. You did what you supposed to have did as a citizen. You can go. But the DA also, used it against you. He spun it. No, no. This 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 here happened in a whole another county. And the DA the DA told me they said the only thing we want you to do is just pay um pay the court costs. And so they told me to pay the um restitution. And that's what I yeah, did. Yeah, but, but what about but, but the district attorney Ashley Rich did not present these cases in that sense. Yeah, because she didn't know what she was talking about because. She, she was in. She's in a whole nother. She, she in a whole nother county. She's um in Mobile County. That happened up in a whole nother county. That happened in uh, Clark, Clark County. Clark County. Yeah. D- so, yeah. But it's two used, different counties. But she used that to paint your picture even worse. Right. She did it. She did it. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then, what about when the judge ordered it, and you said, "I, I hate." I hate that this happened. I pray for the family. Did you say that you didn't do it at that time to the judge? Yeah, yeah. And I said I didn't do that. And I said and I hate that this, you know, this tragic thing happened. I pray for the family and my family too. That all both of these families is torn. One family torn because they they send a friend, they son, nephew, and they go to prison for something he didn't do. Another family torn because they think he did it. Because the DA, the DA, and the uh, homicide detectives didn't properly investigate. All they did was went off hearsay and out of court statements, and um, offer um, what a detective they used to date her is um, bulging and um, got everybody believing because he wanted to see that. That's that's like screaming revenge to him. Yeah, and then what about the judge when he said that? While you have said sorry, she died. You're refusing to take any responsibility. Did he say something like that, the judge? Yeah, he told us some uh, that I refused to take responsibility for what I did, and and I feel like I'm not gonna take responsibility for something I didn't do. You want me to sit there and confess to something I didn't do? I'm not gonna do that. You said that to them. Yeah, I told them that, and you know, I told them because the amen. They want if they would have gave me a plea deal, the plea deal would have probably been fifteen, split three. I would get three years in prison and been out on probation for fifteen. No, I'm not taking that. I'd rather go to trial. Well, you go to trial, we're gonna give you life. I take life. I'd rather to be sitting in prison fighting my case for something I know I didn't do than be on the street saying, "Oh man, I know this on my record, but I didn't do it. I just thought it was my best interest to take this plea deal." I'm not gonna do that. Cause I like to vote, I like to I like to bear arms, I like all my rights, and I don't want my rights to be taken away from me. Cause on the Thirteenth Amendment, black people put back in slavery if they commit a crime. That's what it say. I'm not trying to go back in slavery for a crime that I didn't do. Wow, man, this is just stunning, man. 
it is just stunning i mean you know there's there's so much similarity between all of these cases man and uh, yeah. and the fact that you know when somebody is innocent you know one thing you see synonymous in people who are innocent is that yeah. their stories don't change they will stay right. the same for that's years right. and years and years that's right. and you know that's the that's the first sign that okay this guy is saying the truth because you know in when you lie you need to remember shit to you know to make it up right. but when you're saying the truth you you don't have to remember anything right that's right yeah and 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 i look at it like um Michelle Alexander, who wrote the book called The New Jim Crow. Yeah. The New Jim Crow. Um, she was on Oprah. She was on Oprah. She was, she was on a lot of um shows and stuff. She's married to a, um a Supreme Court um prosecutor, and she talked about how um how um you can enslave um a black man back in slavery through through the Constitution. How um now it's um it used to be slave catchers. And now they changed that to police officer. That's the new name for slave catchers, police officer. And uh, and under under the um Abraham Lincoln made it well, if um they do something wrong on the 13th Amendment, they can be slaves again. It's, that's in the Constitution. Because if you look up the Dred Scott case, and you type in Dred Scott, it'll show you that um Dred Scott was fighting for his freedom, and he was fighting for years, and they denied it, said it's no way you can be free. Because um, under under Constitution, it showed that um, black colored Negro was property, wow. and um, that's what they are. You can never be free because you're a property, and um, because you go under them labels, we gave you that label. That's not what you are, but we gave you them labels, and because we gave you them labels and we made them up, and, and we made them up, and that's property. So you can't be free on them labels. So you would have to claim your nationality and your divine creed if you want to be free. You got to know where you came from. But just like the black man, we have, we have, um, we like sardines in the Kenya. We have no head to know where we're going, and no tail to came, and no tail to know where we came from. And that's how sardines are. The hell is the, the head chopped off and the tail chopped off. And when you open up the the can is sardines, and there's no such thing as a sardine because that's a made-up fish. Them things up in the can are really silver fishes, but they denationalize it and call it call a sardine. And just like the um, black man, he being denationalized and and called a negro, uh, a color person. But if you go over there, we'll know such things as that. We're Asiatics, and Asiatics come in on uh, 17 different shades, all the way from your color. All the way to my color because we have pigment in our skin. We have melanin. We're melanin. We're melanin, melanated people, and, and so it's no way that we can be these titles that they calling us. All these different titles. If you look on people versatile, you see African American. Then you'll see some people got Afro American. Then you got some people got Negro on their birth certificate. How could one person be all these different people? You can't be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's only one race, and that's the human race. But you have different nationalities and different divine creeds. Yeah, man, God God designed us in different colors. Right. And it's just one human race. That's right. Mankind, yeah. No, I, I, I understand what you're talking about. I mean, the Dred Scott case was a, a pretty shameful event, I guess. That's what yeah, I could yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what happened with his wife, too, not just him. And, and that case was an eye opener for me to show me 
dog. They telling us that you are not all these titles. We gave you that night. Yeah. And you and you still claiming to them names that we gave you. You still fighting for rights under these titles that we gave you. Unbelievable. You know? But tell me something, uh, Leonard. Mm-hmm. How long have you spent and how much more to go? Well, I, I, I have done 10 years in prison, but um, I got life to go. What does that mean, man? Well, a life sentence means the state of Alabama can own me forever until I change that. Now, in 15 years, I probably can get out, but they still own me. So if I if I do anything, I can come back for life. If um, I get into an argument and somebody pays charges, I can come back. Uh, um, get a ticket for anything that's a felony, I can come back. I can violate. Uh, I get caught around a gun, or somebody got a gun in the car and I don't know it, I can come back. If somebody drinking or whatever, or I'm with them or whatever, and I can come back for DUI, anything. Anything can send me back for life. And they'll own me again until they feel like they want to let me go. Some people stay in prison like 45 years on a life sentence before they let them out. Because they don't have to let me out in 15. And a lot of people, they ain't letting out. They're making them do like 30 and 40 years before they let them go. On the life because they make so much. You know how much money they make off of us by keeping us in here. They make a tons of money. They make billions of dollars. You know they make a lot of money every year. They hold us in here. That's why they don't want to let us go. Alabama is the biggest prison industry. I mean it's so big. AT and T jumping on it. Nike jumping on it. All these big companies, Bellsoft, well AT and T. All I mean all of them are jumping on this. Investing their money in prisons because it's a billion dollar industry. Everybody want to everybody want to get private prisons and everything. It's too much money in it. Yeah. So why should why 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 should they let people go when they making all this money? Why? Everybody making money. The the bills bondsman. The okay. Let's start off with the lawyer making money because you got to pay him. The bills bondsman making money because you got to pay him. 25% of $250,000 to get out on bond. The judge making money off of you. The prosecutor making money. The people, the the, the, the correction officers, they make money off of you, you know, holding you in there. Um, The probation officer making money off of you. It's like everybody making money. The, the lady in the court that's typing, she making money off of you. you no, know, it's like everybody, it's, it's, it's a billion dollar industry. Everybody getting paid off of it. Everybody like it. You think you think a judge gonna tell you? Well, I hope when you get out, I hope you do good. He'll say that, but he don't mean it. Cause think about it: if everybody don't do nothing, if everybody don't speed or commit a crime or break these laws, they wouldn't have no job. They wouldn't make no money. As a matter of fact, you can look this up. And up uh, in Wiggins, Mississippi, these officers weren't writing tickets because people really weren't speeding, and they told them that um. Uh, I know somebody got to be speeding. Y'all can be writing tickets. Y'all need to. They got quotas they got to make. Well, you need to make a quota. You need to at least, you need to write about 50 tickets a week. Then when they don't meet their quota, they shut that police station down because they said they weren't making their quota. That's how I know it, this, it's just a big scheme. This whole thing is a big scheme to make money. Of course, some people are bad. Of course, some people deserve to be locked up. But it's a scheme. The scheme is so big, so they don't know the the the, the innocent people from the guilty people because they making so much money. They don't even care. Put them all in jail. It don't matter. 
by the way, uh, did anyone do any fingerprints on the cell phone of Kimberly? Um, yeah, they they did fingerprints and everything. Moses' fingerprint should be there, if what you're saying occurred. They they said the fingerprints was white clean. That's what they said in court. They said everything was white clean. The phone was white clean. And then they also said that um that's what that's why I said wow somebody wiped their fingerprints off the phone. Yeah. And then they also said they got some fingerprints off of off off the headboard beds and stuff, but they said it was unknown fingerprints because whoever fingerprints they was wasn't in their database. But they got my they got my fingerprints though. From where? From that phone? Uh uh-uh, um, they got it from the bedroom. No, from the bedroom, but that must have been when you were there last time. No, no, I'm saying they didn't get my fingerprint off of there. I'm saying um, the fingerprints that they got off the burial, I'm saying that um, they said they didn't know who prints they was. I'm saying they got my fingerprints when they fingerprinted me, but my fingerprints didn't match nothing. Yeah, okay. That's but, what I'm saying. But clearly, uh, the thing is that if they did fingerprint analysis and it was wiped clean, clearly that means that some adult was there to wipe it clean because any phone would have some kind of a fingerprint. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's so right. right there is a red flag. I wouldn't care if it was my fingerprints in there because I supposed to be there. Yeah. I was always there. But they still, they said mine wasn't there, though. They couldn't find my fingerprints or whatever. But Because in a in a panic, whatever that he tried to clean, he also cleaned your old fingerprints. Right. Yeah, probably. But but I'm still I'm still confused because they found some fingerprints, and they said they, they didn't have them in their database. They said they didn't have the fingerprints in their database. So right there is a proof that there was somebody else there. Right. It doesn't matter if they don't have the fingerprint in the database. They should go find it. So, and then uh, well, whoever fingerprinted was, it wasn't mine because they had me fingerprinted and it didn't match. Yeah. It was just sad investigating because um they was lazy and like they said, you know, in the transcripts are saying that um they asked them um did you investigate anybody else? No, why not? Because I felt like we had our guy. It was no need to. That's not an answer. That's what he said. It's in the transcript. One thing I said, like I said, I got facts and evidence to back up everything I say, but they can't show you a piece of fact or a piece of evidence backing up nothing they saying. Yeah. What in your right mind? Who would not want to know the truth about what really happened? I would want to know the truth. I would want to know what really happened. I want to know if I got the right guy. I want to make sure the perpetrator ain't out there. I want to investigate. Okay, well, let's check into this. Instead, they're not trying to do that. They don't want to hear none of that. They, no, nah, no, nah, we, we want to dismiss that motion. I don't want to hear that. They trying their best to get everything dismissed. Instead of trying to find out what's really going on, what really happened. Let's find out what really happened. You, you are a, you are a public servant. What by you being a public servant, you supposed to serve the public. You supposed to check in the matter because if they put you over us, God put you over us, because He let you get in office. You supposed to do the right thing, not 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 search for a conviction, but search for the truth of the matter of what really happened. And that's something they ain't doing now. They ain't doing none of that. This is fair play on JusticeNews.net. Thank you.